And we are live, WrestlePurious Podcast, episode 107. Today, it is hosted by myself, Charlie, as always, and we are joined by the returning Joe Hulbert. And of course, we've got a lot to get into, our usual AEW Dynamite review. Um, CM Punk, it's his first week in WWE, so of course, there's some uh, there's some updates and the latest on his contract and stuff like that. Um and just a few other things as well. A few other, there's been some injury updates. A few people have been cleared. A few people are going to be out longer than expected. Blah, 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 blah. But first things first, please like, subscribe, send any super chats with any questions, any reactions, any of your, I guess, mini reviews of Dynamite or anything like that. Turn on the post notifications. Hope everyone's doing good. Starting with my fellow co hosts. Very British today. Joe Holbert, you're feeling Christmassy, mate. I am. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, it is December here in Great Britain in 16 minutes, so get ready, lock in. I will not be setting any fireworks off, but nonetheless, it has been three long months, friends. Three months. I've been away. I've traveled the world. I've seen it all. The bright lights, the big cities, the fancy sponsorship deals, the thunderous catchphrases. I've been enticed, I can't lie. You know, I've listened to what people had to say. Mm-hmm. But the thing is... My heart knows better, and there was just these two words that kept wrapping around my brain, Monty, you know? What were those two words, Joe Hall? Well, as I look at you both here, I think it's fair to say I'm home. So, thrilled to be here, and I'll be reviewing Dynamite for the foreseeable future. And by that, I mean until the show's bad again, in which case I'll stop immediately. This could be a two-week adventure, but I'm here nonetheless. So, Merry Christmas, everyone. Christmas came over. <laughs> Charlie, how are you doing today? Doing good. I'm actually feeling pretty Christmassy as well. As well. Did some Christmas shopping today. Did some. Uh, did quite a lot of writing for a couple of upcoming features. Don't know when they'll be out. Next couple of weeks. Before Christmas, definitely though. So, exciting times. Now I'm ready oh to God. review Dynamite. More Christmas gifts on the way here from I the know. family at WrestlePurious. We're spoiling you guys. But I saw mm-hmm. the day season. <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do it's what we do you know fan, do. fan service you know we should be in promotion of the year you know if, if, if people have been you know tapped into the WrestlePurious account lately they would have noticed that we are trying to gather our nominees for the WrestlePurious end of year awards 2023 so um, you know if you want to reply to the promotion of the year tweet with WrestlePurious I know uh, one of, I think it was Bam yep. <laughs> I he voted you uh he cast me as his, uh, his booker of the year. Much appreciated. But yeah, man, if you see any of those tweets, I do genuinely like engage and uh, let me let me know who you think should be nominated for any of them. Um, but yeah, anyways, 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 I think we should just dive into the AEW Dynamite review and then we'll get into your CM Punk's, your AEW talent tweeting, liking, whatnot, and all that. Um, Injury updates, we'll do all that after. Ric Flair, fucking hell. Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, AEW Dynamite review, let's dive straight into it. Continental Classic continues, the Gold League continues, and John Moxley defeats Jay Lethal in the opener. Uh, Brian Danielson was on commentary, it was good to see him again. He's got his eye patch on, can't wait to see him wrestle with that on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, John Moxley, Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal tried to work the leg. You know, make it a little bit a little bit more interesting than the Swerve match, you know. Um the finish popped me with Max playing dead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, 
No, not a bad opener, was it, John? No, I liked it. I, I think these two actually have some chemistry. This wasn't as good as their match last year, which I seem to remember like really over delivering. Um, when Lethal first got there and was working babyface, I think his matches were a little bit better. But nonetheless, it was good. I look, I mean, Lethal's going to live in this kind of range for most of the tournament, right? Pretty good, good. Like, and and the the kind of range there is minimal, and it will be it will be affected by who's wrestling. But oh, well, they had a good match. It was obviously the the worst of the free tournament matches we got on this particular show, but still a good wrestling match. And um, I will say next week probably don't open with him because you know. <laughs> You have to do that every single... I mean, it's two weeks. That's enough. Now do something different. But people yeah. like seeing marks. It was a good match. Two weeks in a row, just opening up with Jay Lee. Yeah. Is, uh, it's quite a choice, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Charlie, what did you think of the opener? Though? I actually enjoyed this one more than I did last week. And that's not a knock on the talents. I just think the... Uh, Jay Lethal and Mox had more chemistry than he had with mm-hmm. Swerve. And it's just how it happens sometimes. But it was a good little match. I had fun with it. Yeah, it was all right. You know, Max got the win, of course. He's now on six points uh, for those keeping track uh, after this. Also, I want to mention Brian Danielson on commentary. Yep. He's a blast, isn't he? So He's real. a blast. Yeah. I do enjoy Brian Danielson on the commentary. I think it's something that he could do for as long as he wanted to after his career ends. You know, mm. He's um, terrific. And he also made, it felt like he made Taz and Excalibur lock in more than usual just by being mm-hmm. there. right? They took it more seriously because he was there. Because Taz is... I mean, when Taz is on his game, he may be the best color guy in the, in the business, but it's just often he's popping himself, which I can relate, yeah. God bless. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, you do notice it. So, um, so, yeah, I thought they were actually, Brian being there helped a lot throughout the night for the tournament matches. Okay, and he, uh, we got, after the match, immediately after the match, we got like a uh, an Eddie Kingston backstage promo after his match. Of course, he just lost on the weekend on collision to Brody King in his first Continental Classic match. And he talked about how it was kind of... Uh, Almost complacent, you know, with uh, because he put his belts on the line, it kind of, he kind of, I don't know, it gave him a full sense of security kind of vibe, you know. I mean, he was just kind of, uh, you know, him. It's, t- it's time for him to lock in Joe Hall, but it's time for Eddie to lock in. Of course, it was a good problem because Eddie Kingston, especially when he tries to kind of like be real instead of just kind of like comedically angry at things, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, this is this is yet another good Eddie Kingston promo, wasn't it, Joe? Absolutely, and I think there was something deliberate here at play because I think. This was this is the centerpiece of the whole tournament here. Mm. Moxley match, Kingston promo, Brian Rebuttal. This is some fantasy booking, but I'm pretty cocksure on this. Hear me out. I think he's gonna go to 0 2 on Saturday. Eddie is. And he's gonna rebuild and meet Brian in the block final. I think he's gonna win that match. And then I think we're gonna get to Eddie and Moxley in the final, and Moxley's gonna break his heart and become triple crown champ. I say all that fantasy booking to say. I think it's purposeful the way this was all bunked, like kind of bulked together here. Because as much as people can question how much of AEW's planned out or not, you have to plan these tournaments out. It's, just the, it's the only way to do them, right? You have to figure out who's winning what. I think it was purposeful. Moxley to Eddie, and then Brian cut that fiery promo response. But Eddie's promo, I mean, he's sitting there and he's defeated and he's down and he's like, and it cuts back to the building and the place came up with Eddie chance. Like it was wonderful. They knew he wasn't there, but they were just like rooting him on from a distance. It was, uh, it was terrific. So yeah, very good promo. Yeah, the people, the people just adore him. You know, it's nothing mm-hmm. new, but it still, it still kind of takes you back when you see it. You know, sometimes. So, you know, but yeah, Charlie, what did you think of this pair of promos from Eddie and Eddie and Brian? They're pretty good talkers, aren't they? 
Yeah. Good, yeah. We need more Very stuff easy. like that on Dynamite. <laughs> I am glad they're showing like more of these exclusive promos on the Dynamites and the Rampages and Collisions and stuff. Because it just adds more to the tournament when you actually show it on the TV as well. And I really do think this is Eddie's tournament to lose. So I am very with the idea of him and Brian being the block finals and Mox upsetting him in the finals. That could be very real to see, to be honest. Especially because it's in New York, so. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. This is an interesting one coming up next. We uh, we have an interview with Tony Schiavone. And he's, uh, he's interviewing Sting. And he announces before he starts to talk to Sting that AEW Revolution will be March 3rd, of course, famously known already as being Sting's last match, where it will take place. And we find out that it will be taking place at the Greensboro Coliseum, of course, a match very near and dear to Sting and Sting and Ric Flair, who was there talking with Tony Schiavone, talking about the importance in their careers of the Greensboro Coliseum. It's a nice little touch to the pay-per-view. Ric Flair cut a very fired-up promo. Um, world's better than what he apparently he said at Rampage, I'm assuming. But, um, yeah, man. What do you think, John? Greensboro Coliseum, Revolution, Sting's retirement. Makes sense, doesn't it? It does. And before I go any further, you know, because I know you guys, you've been on these review shows since he showed up. Look, I mean, it is what it is. Flair is obviously a piece of shit and shouldn't have the job. With that being said, this segment was unfortunately awesome. Is what it is. You, you know, those those are the those are the games you play with professional wrestling. The presentation yeah. on this was like just glorious. The old school setup. Shivani kind of even mentioned this, and I think he's right. Shivani kind of put on this like he kind of tried to like transport his voice back to the eighties. It was noticeable. Um, it was. I mean, it was type, for people that have a an effect, you know a connection to that era and, and a love for that era. It was. It was like a genuinely strong segment um you know the fact that flair on this same night immediately erased that is kind of sums up why he shouldn't be there you know like yeah, just ridiculous yeah. um but as the same i like the segment a lot i mean i think it's the right choice i would like i did think they would go with atlanta because i think of sting as wcw more than crockett but when you've got flair there too i, I totally get the choice that will be a hell of a moment i'm sure Absolutely. Uh, AW Revolution. Uh, Charlie's, is it going to be one of your flights next year? Mm, potentially, yes. More so because my brother wants to go for Sting's retirement match. So if my brother's going, I'm going with yeah. him. Like, it's yeah. a no-brainer. Um, I'm happy for Sting. It's a cool place for it to take place. I have nothing to say about the rest of the segment, to be honest. Yeah. My feelings on Flair are very known to our audience now. I'm not going to keep rehashing yeah. it on the podcast. It's not worth mm-hmm. it. Bears, absolutely. But listen, we're going to something very, very positive right now. Okay. Buckle in, because I did for this one. <laughs> you know, Rouge versus Mark Briscoe. It's beautiful. You know, just two dudes who just want to fight. You know, Joe, they just want to fight. You know, fighting for the fighting for the honor of the AEW Continental Classic. Mark Briscoe just putting his body on the line. Rouge just being a piece of shit. You know, I and mean, it's just it's just what I like to say, Charlie. What did you think? I loved this match so much. My only criticism is it's the sort of match that needed to happen in like a really dingy building with like yes. two hundred fans. 
But like, it was just perfect. I loved it so much. Like, I say it was perfect. It wasn't perfect, but that's why it was so perfect to yeah. me because it was just real. They were chopping the shit out of each other, throwing each other around. I don't know if Roosh was actually injured or not, but he really fucking sold his legs. So, and then he threw Mark Briscoe off the apron. It was great. I, great match. I love this sort of wrestling. This yeah. is how you restore the feeling in a company like AEW. Yeah, absolutely. You just throw Mark Briscoe out there with an evil bastard <laughs> like Roosh, you know. <laughs> But yeah, man, you mentioned Roosh, isn't he selling the leg? Uh, maybe, maybe or something. Like he was talking to the ref a lot as well, which is usually mm-hmm. not the actual kind of town, you know. But who knows? Roosh yeah. is a hell of a worker, you know. Hell of a yeah. worker. Oh, but what do you think? Interesting, yeah? but you know, maybe you got to look at the upcoming matches and saw a couple of losses. Like, well, my ankle's feeling a little bit shaky over here. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm just playing, but. Uh, love the match. You know, I've actually been thinking about these Roosh matches a lot as late like, because we're doing the match guide. I have to. Some wrestlers have great matches in ways that you can dissect from a million angles. Roosh has these matches that are very hard to capture with words, right? Without you kind of just go beast, you know, that's kind of that's just kind of what you settle on, just go, that's it, yeah. I'll call it a day, you know. Because it isn't really about any kind of conceptual approach or structural choice or you know, thematic element at play. He just sort of goes in there and beats the hell out of someone. And so then you get this sort of very human fight or flight choice that you get to watch play out in which his opponent decides I would in fact like to fight him or I'm going to simply just let him kick the shit out of me. To be clear, I do not, you know, I understand the latter. <laughs> that would be probably my choice. <laughs> not probably, that would be my choice. So when you put him in there with someone like Mark Briscoe, you don't have to really worry about that part of the, the equation because you know Mark's going to uh, go into a slugfest with him, right? And they were. The physicality here was disgusting. Mm. They were whacking each other. When they were on the apron trading shops, yeah. There was one roosh chop in particular where, like, people, it wasn't even a gas, gas so much as it was like, it was like, oh man, that's too much. You know, it was like, it was like, <laughs> it was like, it was, the uh, recoil, put some stank like, on you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Mark is, um, Mark is, or he's one of the most underrated guys in terms of like hard chops. Mm-hmm. He has that like shovel hand, you know? Yeah. Those huge and hands. They were just whacking each other. And again, like, it's, it, there's not much meat on the bone beyond that. The roosh thing, I think the roosh. Injury was a real injury, to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully he's okay, but just whacking each other and it's that intense and it feels it's alive, right? So yeah. Wrestling is so when Very you watch as much so. wrestling as we do, yeah, because when you watch as much wrestling as we do, there's like familiar patterns, and so you know, like this is when a guy's going into their finish. With Roosh, I never have that feeling because it feels like he may just beat someone any given minute, you know, he's an animal. So it's uh it was Tremendous in my match of the tournament so far, to be honest. I, I just thought this was an absolute treat. Loved it. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd, I think I'd tend to agree with you. I think I'd tend to agree with you. Yeah, uh, is there anything else we want to add, Mark Briscoe? You know, I know he's uh, he's open to it at the minute, you know. Still, I've still got him nailed on for more, for more winner of the whole tournament. <laughs> I'm holding out know? hope. I'm holding <laughs> on to hope. I think his one win will be Jay White, unfortunately. That's going to be the only win he gets. Because I think, um, sadly, he's going to be the guy that lethal beats. I don't think Tony's going to have anyone go zero five. You know. Yeah. Why not? I say, I say, Jay White. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, you don't need to convince me, mate. I, um, I think he might beat Jay White because they did that singles match a couple of weeks yes. back, and Jay, you know, so. Um, I mean, it's great watching him wrestle. I do think, like, once this is done, because it does seem pretty clear this tournament's about other people, which is fine. You have to pick. But I do think there's like 
there needs to be a kind of reassessment of what Mark can still be as a singles. <clears throat> I, I think it's easy to take him for granted as a talent and just look at it as a, as a like a happy story, which it is. I'm thrilled every time I see him. But if you just look at him skill for skill, talent, like he's as good as most of the guys on TV. And, you know, most yeah. guys getting pushed, if we're being honest, that dude's a, he's incredible. So I'm happy to see him wrestle for now, though. Do it all, mate. Do it all. Yeah. He's he's not just a great promo as well, like outside of the ring stuff. Like he's not just a great promo. Like he's such a like great unique character within himself. Like there's no one like Mark Briscoe in the business today, bro. Like he's just so like, and he's so like easy to love as well. Mm -hmm. You know. And then you throw in, of course, you've got all the element of like you know what, what obviously Jay's passing and stuff like that, and it just being like a good story that he's finally on TV, being a star, blah blah blah. But um, as you said, Joe, skill for skill, he's pretty much as good as yeah, and, probably you know, top five, top ten talent, skill for skill in the entire company, in my opinion. He can do it all. He can talk. He's a great right. character. He can go in the ring. He can do tag matches. He can do this. He can do that. He's just, he's great. He's versatile as fuck. Super <laughs> experienced. And also, as you know, I think it goes about saying, the AEW atmosphere is different now. Right? It, it just is. And even when they have good crowds, it isn't that party atmosphere of 2021. And that makes him even more valuable because his energy is just incredible, right? Um, he just brings it in that regard. So even when you have a – I mean, I thought last night's crowd was quite good. Mm-hmm. But if you say you're in one of those houses, just don't react at all. I mean, <laughs> Mark Briscoe will give you the same effort because there ain't nothing new to him, brother. He was on those Sinclair tapings. You know, they were. Yeah. <laughs> you can, yeah. you can yeah. react on those fucking shows. You'll be fine on TV, so – yeah, he's wonderful. He's just a treat. Every time he's on, it's worth watching. I just I want to see him like... I want him in a position where I can see him every week. Yeah. <laughs> like, selfishly, you know. Honestly, have him beat Orange Cassidy. Give him the yeah, international belt for a bit. It'll be fun. Give him a belt, you know. Let's just give him a belt. Mm-hmm. You know? I've got enough of them. <laughs> They're <laughs> They're sure yeah, obviously, a lot of people were kind of surprised he didn't beat um, Joe. Samoa Joe on an ROH yeah. pay-per-view. Tremendous match, though. Really, it's yeah. one that well, I had really to save. You know, they had to save Joe's title loss. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he did a lot with that belt after that match, you know? Uh, uh, to yeah, be yeah. fair, I I always got the feeling that may have been Mark's choice, to be honest. felt mm. It just felt... The way he worked that match, the bit when he went over to the apron... I, yeah. And again, this is purely guesswork. I'll never know, but I always got the sense that that was almost too fairy tale ending for Mark. You know, that's not his type of. That's not who he is, right? Yeah. The, the happy ending for Mark was that he kept fighting. That's the story to me, anyway. But I love the match. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful wrestler. And uh, Roosh is the exact opposite, but in a great way. You know. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Interesting super chat, Henry Kissinger. Uh one expected Matt today of all those. Five dollars. Appreciate you, I think. Uh had to see my boy Joe on the flagship one last time. It's really hot now. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it is. Darren Walker, five pounds, appreciate you as always. Did you guys buy all in tickets? I got mine yesterday, a decent seat. However, Ticketmaster was shocking. Did you guys have a similar experience? Um Charlie, you said you did, right? You was going for yes. it on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, I was going for it on Twitter. Um, yeah, no, I bought because um, I'm going with my brother next year. God bless. Me and my brother go to a lot of shows together. 
Um, and Ticketmaster was fucking awful, even in like yeah. the very first pre-sale. The setup was horrible this year. So, God bless anyone else that was trying. It was rough. I I delegated because I'm a massive star now, and just let my brother handle it. And very real. This thing is gonna. I mean, we're on the floor, and I just know this is gonna be a catastrophe. I'm I'm one. Of, I'm not Whereabouts on the floor? I mean, like. We're pretty close, but the ring's not elevated. So unless you're like fucking third row and up, like you're, you know, you can only see yeah. so much, you know. I mean, I think, uh, I think it's going to produce some funny content. The idea of me sitting on the floor watching this show, I just got a feeling. I don't know, be a little bit oh, embarrassing for the wrestlers. Section. Though, you know? That'd be very, be very funny. funny. Yeah, it could be a little rough though for the wrestlers when everyone's coming over and getting our autographs and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. hopefully they do that in the, between the matches, guys. If you're there, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be in the same section then. Spread everyone yeah. out. I just like I'm imagining you know, like you know Luchasaurus is out there wrestling and they're chanting you know wrestle purists and, you know and it's a little bit embarrassing. It happens a lot when I go to shows. Sometimes it happens when I go to the yeah. cinema, which is by the way that's a step too far. If you see me at the movies, do not chant wrestle purists. <laughs> no. Um, um, yeah, I guess I'm the only person who hasn't got a ticket yet. Um, yeah, fake fan. I wasn't rushing to kind of deal with all that ticket master malarkey. I think I'm just going to try and oh, do the... expensive uh, this year as well. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm just going to try to do the media, uh, the media section route. Oh, so a bit closer. Well. I, won't, I won't, yeah, I won't, I won't know until like very late in the day if I'm actually going to this thing, but we'll see. Uh, I'd assume I will because any time, any other time we've applied press uh, media credentials, we've got it. So fingers crossed, I guess. Um, but also on top of that, because I because my seats were like so good last time, I just kind of want to like keep that memory as it is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know it I might sound a bit <laughs> might sound a bit dramatic, but you know, leave the memories alone sometimes, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, man, I was I was I was in the thick of it, Joe Hall, but you know. Uh, anyway, but yeah, keep the super chats coming. We've got a few more we're going to get through, and we'll get carry on with the AW Dynamite review, of course. Uh, Darren Walker, again, two pounds. Appreciate you as always. Any views on QT and Hobbs and Flair rampage? Uh, we're gonna, definitely going to uh, we're going to single out the Flair thing a bit later on. Uh, any views on QT and Hobbs? Uh, yeah, I guess uh, QT. It seems um, obviously even just from our report, it's interesting that there is so many like key figures and producers that have all these different ideologies, which to me kind of emphasizes a point that a few of us on these podcasts have made lately, but a lack of a clear identity of AEW, because if the producers and the key figures are having these clash of ideologies, which is fine, but if it's an, you know, it's a, if it's an ongoing thing and it's not just kind of a, you know what I mean? It's not a, it's not just kind of like a one-off, it's discussed, you come up with like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know at the end of the day, it's just kind of, it's just weird, you know, and obviously QT wanted to do the the entertainment, you know, sports entertainment, uh, store, heavy storyline skits, whatever the fuck you wanted to do with QTV. Um, I tend to agree with CM Punk thinking that Powerhouse Hobbs wasn't a productive part of a, no, QTV wasn't a productive part of Powerhouse Hobbs' um, presentation. And, uh, you know, I'm sure QT does have something to offer somewhere, but obviously oh, yeah. the the uh, clash of ideologies in AEW seemed like it was best for everyone for them to uh, part, part ways, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's always hard to know because we don't work with these people, so what, you know, the range of their ideas is hard to read, but... 
I like QT. And I think from what I can gather, a lot of the talent likes him. But it has to be said, QTV did him no favors in terms of perception. You know, when you're comparing like ideologies, if his thing was QTV, then that didn't need any more of that. That stuff was dreadful. Just referencing the sheets. And that's like the worst. That's an issue they have anyway, let alone doing a whole segment about it. You know, like when I watch a wrestling show, I do not want them referencing things that I've read on Monty's camp. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, so yeah. But I think QT will be fine. Like, I'm pretty sure he's going to yeah. get another gig elsewhere. So, yeah, good luck to him. The best to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And KG, $5. Appreciate you. Everyone always arguing how Punk's the biggest draw, how Roman's the biggest draw. Joseph Bing, Bing, Bing. I think he's going to say Bing Bong, unfortunately. Bing Bong, Paul, but he's the biggest draw in wrestling. Yeah. He's Bing Bing is... Only um, consistent houses, Joe Hall, but... One of the characters in our our multiverse picture we're coming up with, you know, the Burt. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of a spoiler there on Darren's part, but I appreciate it. Uh, Callum, two pounds, appreciate you. Get Ric Flair out of AEW and hit and hit awful drink and shit don't hit awful it. drink. Yes, <laughs> it's definitely shit, but don't hit it. Whatever you do. And Dixon for those appreciated. The real biggest return of the week, the Burt in the world. <laughs> That's pretty good. The grin, the grin of the grinless, the conversational content ace, Joey Bing Bong reviews again. He is very good at reviews, and Dynamite is like the only thing we ever have like a chance of him actually reviewing outside of pay per view. Yep. So it's it's nice to have him back because uh, I doubt you're going to join Rob and Ibu on those on those Tuesday raw reviews. You know, no one needs me on that show, mate. <laughs> No one uh, we didn't do an NXT review this week. It's because like, there wasn't enough like news on Wednesday, and I don't want to just go live on Wednesday just to talk about NXT. You know, so uh, <laughs> for those wondering, that's, uh, that's why we didn't go live yesterday. <laughs> but news did come out later in the day, so like, I guess if we would have done something on the night, it could have worked. But we didn't, so here we are. Um, appreciate you, Ben, as always. Jonathan Gomez, one ninety nine. Appreciate you too. Resipuris, restoring the feeling, unlike MJF. I thought he was all right. Not better than all right. I thought he was very good last night. Yeah, you know? um, yeah I did too. We're going to get to it. Bam, $2. Appreciate you. Monty books for the fans. He got two of the best on. That's what I always try to do for you people, you know. Give you the best conversation, wrestling, conversational stars, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Host $2. Uh, his wife, but my goat, Jeff, needs one more singles run. Jeff Hardy? Which Jeff? Jeff Jarrett? <laughs> Jeff Hardy? I don't know. I can't get Hardy either. Either, either, either way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were like neither of those. I know <laughs> about that, fam. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Hamza, 199. Appreciate you. Off topic. Do you remember Orton versus Claudio Smackdown 2014? Sounds like something Joe would like randomly pick out and watch. I would love to answer that, but I do not remember. I may need to review it, actually. It sounds... Yeah. This is a Thursday morning retro review. It'll just randomly go out at like 10 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Sounds like a Joe Hall, but that word, press special. Mm. (laughs) Stay tuned. (laughs) Cody Wills, 199. Appreciate you. The Fed Free. Nah, it's Tony's Trio. Great shirt, Joe. (laughs) God bless. Bam, $2. Joe, go watch the new gods in the movie. I enjoyed it. Fair. Nice recommendation. I appreciate it. I saw that Thanksgiving picture, though. Blew very good. Blew me away. I thought we would suck. Blew you away. 
Yeah, it did. Like, you know, all relative, but I kind of would just be schlock. It kind of is, but it's a really good time. Yeah, I like that. Spit on my radar. I might go yeah. see him. Yuzura Heart, $5. Appreciate you as always. Cannot express how much joy that picture of Manu, Manabu Nakanishi has been giving me over the last two weeks. Second only to He in WrestleCurious meme history. The thing is, that Albert, you've is, been pushing Nakanishi for, uh, for a while, brother. That has been a thing that I've used for years to absolutely no positive effect or, or momentum. And it's just inexplicably is the kind of thing that everyone uses over the last like <laughs> six months, which is very funny because I really persevered with that. That that photo is like four years old. It's a picture, picture worth the wait, worth, worth the persistence, you know? Yeah. Even if it's not getting over, it's still funny. Like, just, it just is, isn't it? You know? Mm-hmm. Shout out to Push. Two dollars, appreciate. It. Easy on my goat, Jeff Hardy, please. It's difficult, man. I, mean, I get it. It is. <laughs> it is. Oh, I get, trust me, I get it. This is gonna. If you're a Hardy's fan, this is probably one of the more positive dynamite reviews you'll be able to watch yeah. all year. So it'll be okay, but be careful on the singles push stuff. Let's take it easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> oh, so we got MJF, and uh, you know, it's been a lot to talk about MJF lately, even uh, even after Dynamite. Uh, a lot of talk of uh, if MJF is killing or helping bring back the feeling, you know, uh, all this and that. But this week, I thought MJF, in in a performance sense, was very good because he comes down and uh, I just kind of wanted him to kind of cut the shit, cut a wrestling promo, you know, and hype up his pay-per-view main event with Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe isn't someone that should be taken lightly, you know. He's, uh, he's a bad, bad man, Joe Hulbert. So, you know, and this is what MJF did. He kind of puts over Samoa Joe and basically sent, basically puts out there, you shouldn't be taking him lightly. And he, he cuts a kind of a traditional primer, you know? And uh, I was a big fan of it. I really liked it a lot. MJF is more than capable of doing this more often, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's a victim of, you know, overthinking sometimes. I think it's fair to say, as I've said uh, in many podcasts lately, of course, he's, he's still quite young and he's still not 100% hit right yet. He still has his misses. I think a lot of his misses do come from him kind of overthinking himself into corner sometimes. Um, when he keeps it very, you know, uh, meat and potato, like this was, I think he's very, very good. Obviously, we'll talk about the ninjas and stuff after, but singularly, as just a mm-hmm. promo, hyping up your main event title match with Samoa Joe. I thought this was very, very good. One of MJF's best promos in months. Charlie, you're usually quite, you're very happy to say when MJF isn't doing mm-hmm. it for you, but what did you actually think of this promo? I thought this is the best promo he's cut in about six months, to be honest. Like, it hit for me, and a lot of his promos don't, so I was very impressed with the, with it. He got me excited for the pay-per-view match, so he did what he needed to do. He went out there and he just cut a genuine promo while still being in character, but not doing all his usual shit. So I liked it. It was great. Yeah, and there was a few. There was a few lines in there where yeah, I guess you can pick apart. Yeah. Like he, he straight up said, uh, "He dead the dead name." You know, WWE. He said it. You know, he said it, Joe Hall. But he yeah. said Samoa Joe was never a WWE champion. He mentioned seeing Punk's name. Uh, the crowd tried to boo, but it lasted about half a second, you know, mm-hmm. because like he was moving on through other names mm-hmm. in his list that he's 
but yeah, he, 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 there was a few, there was a few notable lines in this job. But overall, it was a good promo, wasn't it, Joe? It was very good. Yeah, there were definitely the WWE one. What his intentions? I understood what he was going for, but he, I think he could have phrased it differently because it really was like just like they didn't let him win the belt, which is you know. I think you should try and avoid that stuff, but that's like one line within a promo. I thought it was really good. It was a wrestling promo. Max is a great wrestling promo, you know, and, and that's the, I know you need variety and you need range and Max has shown he's capable of that points in different stages, but this is the version of him that feels most at home on this show. I think Yeah. the first 40 minutes of this show, or however long it was until the lights started flickering was very tight tonally. And even beyond that, it was honestly other than a couple of segments. Mm-hmm. So like, it's pretty simple formula here. It also made me kind of realize, and this is nothing like this is not a big deal because everyone knows who Smojo is and you watch AEW, you know. But I do think it was also a reminder of like, sometimes it's worth telling those stories, you know? Yeah. Like, while everyone knows who Smojo is, I'd imagine there are still people in the audience that aren't fully aware of why he is a significant factor to so many of us wrestlers, why we view him the way we do, you know, or whatever it may be. When some of these guys, one of the greatest assets they have is the stories behind them. You know, and I think sometimes you can take that for granted. And actually hearing Max detail it, I've highlighted that. Like, and that's saying you don't want to dedicate a lot of TV time to because God, you have 180 wrestlers to get on. But it was even as a fan, he's my favorite wrestler ever. But I was listening to it like you know, those memories do come flashing back when he talks about TNA and stuff, right? That was yeah. the higher Joe's TNA run, we're talking 17, 18 years ago, you know, and it's like yeah. That's wild. Tell that story. It's a great story. So I love what Max did. I think there's a lesson to it too, but really good promo. I liked it a lot. Yeah, there was a lot to talk about. However. (laughs) (laughs) There's always a but. However. 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 The lights start flickering. There's some spooky stuff going on. And then the devils and ninjas, they all appear. And they, uh, they attack MJF and they line him up ready to... What, 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 what were they going to hit him with? Like a bat or some shit? I don't know. Uh, either way. A red pipe or something? Yeah, they, they, they had him and he was helpless, but he wasn't because he's saved by the big man, Samoa Joe. Uh, Samoa Joe comes down. I think he had like a pipe or a bat himself to clear the <laughs> ring. And then um, I think the lights go off again. And then uh, this this text message starts coming up on the board and it was like... Uh, Samoan Joe and MJF, will you be, uh, you know, will you be brave enough to take on the unknown tag team? Will you be the heroes? And uh, <laughs> MJF accepts the challenge. And um, yeah, <laughs> spookiness, Joe Humber. There's a lot that this is like probably one of the least offensive devil things they've done. That says a lot about what, how good this angle's been. Um, <laughs> I love the idea that Joe is just like lingering around these buildings with his fists taped and in <laughs> wearing jeans and a merch shirt, you know, like <laughs> just kind of just kind of just waiting for a moment. And his music played also. The highlight of this segment was when I'm pretty sure the music guy messed up. Did you guys notice this? They hit the devil like static again after the Max's music had started playing. So Joe started yeah. selling again. After the segment was done, Joe was like, "He's coming back," you know. And it was just a, it was a, it was a mess up, which was very funny. Um, yeah, Aces and Eights, TNA, the lights flickering. I mean, it's super goofy. Another one from Scott. <laughs> I like wrestling whodunits, mm-hmm. um, but based on what it feels like, this is going to be like, I'm not sure the juice is worth the squeeze on this one. You know, like. 
It's the kind of angle that you could immediately make worthwhile if you had some like insane thing up your sleeve. Maybe mm. they do. Believe it when I see it. To it, they don't feel that way. So it's goofy and lame, but it was like a top five devil bit, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Where do you rank it on your devil list, Charlie? <sighs> it was very silly, but it's not been as bad as some of the segments that they've had. So I can tolerate it this week. It's just, I don't know, I've long since accepted that I'm not going to like all the build-up to this angle. As long as the payoff's good, which it probably won't be, but it's, it's whatever. Just riding it out at this point. It was very inoffensive this week because it lasted all of two minutes. So Right. And it came after a good promo, which helps a yes. lot. It's, it the concern it. is, and especially with Max being injured, is this match is going to, I mean, I really hope it doesn't just, Devolving to being total, you know, shenanigans. I mean, I know there will be shenanigans. It's part of what they're doing here. But the eventual match at World's End, I would still like them to have like something resembling a wrestling match if possible. But my my confidence on that is dwindling, I must say, especially with Max being hurt, because that may limit their opportunity to do that anyway, right? Even if they wanted mm-hmm. to. So I don't know. Mm. Yeah. The devil's ninjas. Dangerous, dangerous tag team. Um <laughs> Are they going to I wonder what. Yeah, I wonder what. I wonder what. I wonder what. I wonder what they're going to be called on the graphic. The devils. I don't know. The devils. Uh, the aces devils and eights. Demons. <laughs> the yeah, aces and eights. Um, the aces what is like? Don't insult Dudley boys. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> what if they got heat on one of the guys and? The, the, the masked man made a tag and they made the Nick Jackson come back. Like the whole thing. You know? <laughs> that would be funny if someone, if you could find a wrestler that uh, could pull that off, where like, mm-hmm. but you do different ones. Like you do yeah. the Nick Jackson hot tag, then you do like the the Cash Wheeler hot tag. Yeah. <laughs> you do all these different things, you know? You did a Kawada chops <laughs> just in case <laughs> one thinks it's edit. It is incredible that, like, considering the the type of wrestler he is, there's like this uber believable and straight laced progress that Joe has been involved in so much like nonsense for his career. Like, <laughs> That's crap, yeah. like this is like act, this is TNA following him, you know. <laughs> like, even in WWE, he did the thing where, and I thought it was fun, so I'm not knocking it. But like, you remember when the whole AJ feud was about Wendy, and he was like reading child. Yes. What is this? Maybe it's him. Maybe he likes doing this. Shit. I don't know. God bless him. He likes him. It's less bumps, right? Good for him. Oh, man. He's a time. This is never where I thought that AEW world title would end up, to be honest. But yeah, it's been a ride. No, oh, yeah. But yeah, uh, we'll see if I can got plan for next week, you know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, whoever's um, under the mask in the tag match should just hit a bunch of people's finishers. Don't don't give us any hints with your finisher. Yeah. Just hit every famous finisher in the business. Randy Orton. <laughs> it'd be very, very funny. <laughs> Excalibur yelling RKO. <laughs> yeah. Out of nowhere. Oh man. Uh, Vint. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Randy. Is it a pedigree? Tag. It'd just yeah. be funny. Definitely pedigree, yeah. Um, yeah, we need to see Randy in a tag match on Friday, I think, Joe Hall, but 
Yeah. Did you see that graphic they posted? What daddy's <laughs> daddy's daddy's coming Dude, to Friday? He looks like a wax figure. <laughs> they always doing those mad graphics now. WWE. Yeah, but just... Randy looks. God Almighty, those that looks insane. Images. He looks insane. He just looks insane in general. Like his comeback yeah. was just oh. Be. It's Love awesome. Love Randy Orton. I saw that match with Dominic had like a five on cage match, and I was like, that's absolutely accurate. And God, it was awesome, you know? <laughs> Just kicking ass, mm-hmm. popping at all of his own moves, walking around <laughs> laughing at how great he is. <laughs> yeah. Feels like someone I need to check out. It'd probably pop me. It would, yeah. It's just like Dom doesn't really get anything in. He just he just hits all his moves, and when he hits them, he like victory laps. Like, yep, yeah, another one. There it is, you know. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. He's kind of got like his own five moves to do, you know. Oh, yeah. like clothesline, clothesline, duck, power slam, draping DDT, set up the RKO, boom, you know. Then when sometimes you get, career, you get a reversal somewhere. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. When you get deep in your career, you you kind of just. The Cena thing is a meme, but genuinely, most guys at that deep in their career, it's like, yeah, they have five moves, bro. I mean, it is what it is, right? You trim, dude's back's beat up, so it takes out that cool backbreaker thing he used to do. He ain't going to do that anymore. <laughs> the only thing he wants to do on his back is the RKO, right? That's it. Because he has to do that. So, yeah. Shout out to him. Hopefully, he's not the devil. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out the devil. Shout out the ninjas. I think it's. I think it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty clear who one of them is, you know. Uh, yeah, Dustin at Rose. least, at least, yeah. at least two of them actually. <laughs> but we've spoke about these, you know. Um, speaking of which, like I said, MJF he accepted the challenge, and Samoa Joe will be taking on the Devil's Ninjas at some point. You'd assume World's End or just before. I don't know. Um, next week, I think. Next week. Oh, there you go. Uh, I will make that up. I may make that up. Mm, I don't know. You're usually pretty sharp with this stuff, Joe Hall, but you know. I think it was um, next week. Yeah, I could be wrong. Right. Next up, AW Dynamite was Wardlow versus AR Fox. AR Fox got on the wrong side of Wardlow for just simply asking if he's all right. I think uh, last week and Wardlow headbutted him, and um, here we go. We got we, we got a match, and Wardlow, of course, has been running through people. Of course, the AR Fox, you got you got a couple things in, but not a lot really. And he's kind of a kind of like a drawn out squash match, you know. Uh, which I think is like the last type of match Wardlow should be doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think if you're gonna do the squash route, you should just come in, hit a last ride, and fuck you and fuck off, you know. Um, don't need to go back to kind of like the squashes that people already got bored of, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, this wasn't like terrible or anything. I just don't think it was like particularly productive. Other than you know, of course, a lot of people have been speculating because he came up with his uh, his hair was all messy at the front, and he looked like he'd been wearing a hat or potentially maybe a mask. So <laughs> you know, hint, hint, hint. But other than that, I don't, I don't think this was very productive, Joe. I don't know. I think we're on the opposite sides of this. I think. I'm in the other, I'm in the alternate position, which I think this was kind of like fresh to me because it was a guy that's actually on the roster. They the kind opponent, of did yeah. the, and I get it, I get your point totally. I just, I uh, they also kind of did. This may have popped you. I don't know if it, if it popped you this way, but 
They kind of did that old, like, early 2000s WWE TV thing where they shot that pre-tape just exclusively for this one match that will never be returned to. You know, like, they give it, like, a reason just for anyone to ask. That's why they're wrestling. I thought it kind of worked. I think, and maybe it's because I wanted to like it because I'm a big fan of, like, playing around with these match times. I find, I find sometimes AEW is very rigid in this, like, a squash is one minute, and if it's not a squash, it must be 10 minutes long. That's like, mm-hmm. and this I thought was more fluid, and it felt, I thought it was pretty exciting. I like AR Fox in these kind of, you know, in this kind of spot. Um, yeah, I don't know. This, I thought it actually worked for me. I'm more into the Wardlow thing than I thought I would be. We talked about this a couple weeks, but I'm worldwide, I think. Like, I had really had no interest in coming back to like a big role on TV, but I actually think it's been pretty good thus far. So I was kind of into this, honestly. I liked it. Yeah, I forgot you said AR Fox is good. And uh, in terms of a matchup, I thought, yeah, it is fresh in that sense. Absolutely. It's not just yeah. Wardlow just squashing some nobodies. And like you said, a natural member yeah. of the roster, you know. Uh, but yeah, man. Charlie, what do you think of it? Um, I thought it was a bit of a boring squash, but it is popping me huge that Wardlow's just a meathead now. I've kind of bought into it. I'm, he's winning me back over. So that's a good thing, mm-hmm. I guess. Um. Yeah. It did. It did make me laugh a lot. That literally, my whole timeline was just screenshots of his entrance. Just like, guys, look, his hair's messy. So, okay, I got it after like the first three tweets. I got well, it just seeing him. I was <laughs> watching the dynamite with Papa Holbert, mm-hmm. and he was commenting on his hair, and I said, "That's weird, right?" So it's like he took something off of his head, and he went, "Yeah, it's almost like that." And I was like, you know, like it's almost like you know, maybe. That last segment. And he was like, whoa, AR Fox. And I just went, oh, God bless, let him enjoy himself, you know? <laughs> I was going to continue to hint until he picked up what I was putting down, but he, he seemed more intent on AR Fox's dive. So I said, enjoy yourself, son. You know? Go for it. Shoot for the That's stars, cool. kid, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple of super chats, real quick. back on TV as well. Yes, I like AR Fox. Uh, and Jean, $2, appreciate you. The Four Pillars, SmackDown 6, and the Wrestle Brit Trio. Bro, <laughs> appreciate yeah. it, bro, bro, bro. Four ninety nine. Appreciate it as always. Did you guys mention how the league guy was clearly Wardlow yet? I mean, no, since you since you've put it out there, in the super chat, you know, I, th- I think it's been pretty clear ever since to put the acclaim through that glass. Because if you watch the video, yeah, the person who throws bones through the glass stands and is built exactly like Wardlow. Mm-hmm. Um, a few, a few fans, <laughs> a few fans have pointed out multiple times now that one of the guys is clearly either wearing the thickest turtleneck of all time or is wearing the neck <laughs> brace just like Roddy Strong. So uh, that would leave you to believe that if it's Wardlow and Roddy Strong, it's pretty easy to guess who the other two are. Um, so... Yeah, then obviously from that, got from your super chat, you know, it was even more so from just the way the guy. If Wardo stands in a certain way when he's standing yeah. still, then also he's he's pretty distinctive, especially in AEW. Like the way he's built, he's pretty distinctive. So, um, you know, that's I mean, my guess. He's also like <laughs> in guess, the, he's in the MJF orbit, and over the last like three weeks, he hasn't really had a role to play in that circle unless he is one of those guys. So it's like. I again, I could be way wrong. I don't think there's like a surprise ahead of us here. I think once it's revealed, it'll be pretty much like they cut yeah, it. It'll be what yeah. makes sense, I guess. And it's like, yeah. yeah, I said a few, I said a few weeks ago, there's already so many people in the MJF orbit. It's like, yeah. if it's if it's if these mass people are like new people coming into the orbit, like some people, I know a lot of people said Jack Perry, you know, um, 
it's not Jack Perry, but like say if it was like Jack Perry, you know, uh, and I don't know whoever the fuck else, you know, right. <laughs> it's like four other people. It's like that's four more people on top of Wardlow, the Kingdom, Roddy, Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. Samoa Joe, like you can have like MJF in the orbit of like ten wrestlers, bro. Like that's it ridiculous. Feels like a way to navigate Cole's injury. Yes, right. That's what it feels Absolutely. like. Absolutely. Considering, Which especially means... considering it happened like the <laughs> week <laughs> after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah. Jay White into the thing and then did the devil angle. It's like, yeah, that's what it feels like again. And that could be way off, and it could be Bob Holly. I don't know, but I'm just. <laughs> I was a betting man. I don't think it's Bob Holly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not holding up too much hope. Um, yeah, Wardlow versus our Fox. Uh, all right, the Hardys. The Hardys, the Hardys, the Hardys. Matt and Jeff Hardy is uh, Cassidy versus Top Flight, which, of course, included the returning Dante Martin. Very good to see him back teaming up with Action Andretti. Um, really nice kind of combat match for top flight you know i know it wasn't a simple like two on two but even still like this being a trio's action andretti definitely uh you know andretti even andretti played his part in there you know um this was a good time this this was a good time and of course it was really good to see dante martin come back uh maybe wishful thinking but i think he's put on a little bit of size as well which is always which you know i know randy orton was an extreme version of it on, <laughs> on the weekend but um, it's always he's always cool when uh, you know someone's someone's got a lower body injury work on that top half a bit you know what i mean um but yeah like i said good to see dante martin back top flight and andretti all look good the hardys had one of their better performances in recent memory uh Isaiah cassidy i thought looked really good in it um Enjoyed it, Charlie. What did you think? I I enjoyed this a lot. It was I tweeted about it last night. It felt very 2019 dynamite, which is some of my <laughs> favorite dynamite stuff, yeah. honestly. Like when they do like throwback matches. So yeah, but I thought this genuinely over-delivered as well. And the crowd was super into it. Obviously, they were in their hometown or home state or wherever for the top flight. So that was really nice. And yeah, man. Um Isaiah Cassidy, man. He doesn't get enough credit for how much he's actually improved like over the past like year or so. So I'm glad that he's still like getting on TV and getting to showcase what he's done because he's put the work in, obviously. And I'm happy to see Top Flight back. I hope they get a proper push. They stay healthy and we see what we can do with them, man. It's a good time. It's a very good mm-hmm. time. 100%. Uh, Joe, it's good to see Dante Martin back, isn't it? He is. He looked terrific too. He was razor sharp, which is crazy considering yeah. the injury he you know, sustained. But I, this was like kind of stunning. I thought, like, not in that <laughs> yeah. it's a, not in that it was a great match, but I'll be honest. When I saw the graphic, I was like, "That's fucking. Why would you put that match? You know, like you would give them heels, right?" And hilariously, the Hardys like worked like a heat segment. Which was an, an insane thing to see Jeff like cutting the ring off. And mm-hmm. Isaiah was the bumping heel among them, and everyone worked so hard here. It was like, and again, I, I'm I don't mean to be dramatic in like a Petra's way. But what I'm saying is like this is be- this version of this match is almost certainly the best version they could have possibly come up with. Yeah, and because it had the atmosphere of being um, in in Dante's hometown, it had like a. It's like triumphant feel and kind of did take you back to those old dynamites Charlie mentioned. This thing just worked. I don't know. It's one of those deals where I had low expectations. Maybe it was like, you know, I'm, I'm probably over inflating in my head, but it moved along. It was agented well. Isaiah looked great. 
they put they positioned all the Dante stuff for it, and so he, he shined even brighter than he would have anyway. Like for what it was, a home run, which again for what it was isn't much, but still, yeah. this could have been a thing that really sunk the energy of the show in a different, you know, if it goes differently. And instead, it was really good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I think you both got it kind of spot on. Really over delivered. You know, yeah. it just it worked. Yeah. Um, and after the match, they had a face-off with Penta, Commander, and Vikingo, which sounds like insanity. <laughs> <laughs> Penta's always entertaining, isn't he, Joe? Oh, God. Oh, mate. The idea of showing up to your job on a Wednesday night, and they go, well, here's what we got for you, son. <laughs> you know, you're going to count three, and we're going to say cut. <laughs> All you need to do is look fucking awesome and pen. If there's one box that dude will never not tick, yeah. right? And he's like, I can do that. So, um, no, that 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 did pop me. That match will be insane. That will be it's that'll be a be wild so match. Flippy. So. I cannot wait. This yeah. is my sort of booking. I should, yeah. in all seriousness, too, before someone creeps me, I'm pretty sure that Penta's team wrestled on Rampage last night. So he did more than just show up and count. So for anyone wondering. <laughs> yes, they wrestled Brian Cage Georgia. in the Work Horseman. Yeah. Oh, oh, hold on. That's not a spoiler. The graphics out. I'm not spoiling what? anything. That's the Work Horseman, you say? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds interesting. I may investigate this here on <laughs> Friday night on Rampage. Um. All right. Next up, Julia Hart defends her TBS title versus Emmy Sakura. And uh, I thought this was a work very, very nice. Uh, I thought this was a nice, mm. no, a nice total defense for Julia. Not too long, didn't overstay its welcome. Julia looks pretty good in there. Emi Sakura, of course, is uh, pretty consistent in that sense. Shame about the finish; it kind of came off a bit weird. I think uh, uh, Emi must have thought that Julia was going to overshoot the moonsault, and she tried to like roll so Julia weird, could yeah. get. Yeah, but the timing of the roll was a little bit off. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, other than that, <laughs> other than that, it was uh, all in all, it was it was a nice outing for Julia, wasn't it, John? It was, yeah. I mean, you're right. The finish was unfortunate because it was actually like a total smooth ride before that. Julia is, I honestly think it's kind of wild how much better she's got this year. Like genuinely. Mm-hmm. She had a match on one of the early collisions. She had a squash match. And I remember watching anything. Julia is a long way away. And that was about three months ago. And hey, look, she's not going to be contending for, you know, any awards in terms of best, best wrestling. She may get most improved to be fair, but obviously she's got a long way to go. She's 22 years old, but my goodness, I think she's one of the like cool success stories of AEW's 2023. Mm-hmm. She's someone who's taken their TV time. She's connected with the audience. I mean, she's over, right? People like Julia yeah. Hart to the point where you need to book her as a baby face. So she's done that part. And now it's like her work is actually, she can be the TBS champion. You know, at first when we were talking about this before Wrestle Dream, I was kind of concerned, like, is it too soon? I think she's going to be fine, to be honest with you, because her work is getting there. And the biggest thing that she does that is, it gets you a long way with me, but like, she makes an absolute point of trying her best to be physical. And if you do that, the rest of it is a lot easier because there are a lot, there's way too many wrestlers on TV who are worried about the bigger things and they're whiffing on their punches. And you know what I'm saying? And it's like lock in and be physical when the rest will come. And Emmy makes that easy for you because she whacks you with chops and she, you know, she kind of puts you in a corner in that regard. But this was a good example of Emmy's value, Julia's improvement. 
just a nice match. Hope, you know, finish obviously could have gone better, but really encouraging stuff. I, I like this. Charlie, you were uh, you a fan? You were a fan of Julia Hart's improvement? I am, I am. I feel like I was someone that was quite down on her when she started getting put into Chris's orbit and people were like, oh, she's going to be the one to take the title. But man, she's proved me wrong. She's really, really like put the work in and it's really clear to see. And I'm excited for it now. I'm excited to see where it goes and how much more she can improve. Because like, as I said, she's 22. And the way that like, she's working right now, if she keeps wrestling every week, her ceiling's quite high. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, this match this week, pretty good other than the finish, but it happens sometimes is what it is. And I hope that she can wrestle some more veterans because the more you get her in the ring with uh, like people that know how to lead the matches, the more she's going to improve. So, And yeah. we don't need her out there with the Anna Jays and the Sky Blues of the world. Right. Like, no. That's just not going to help any of them. Yeah, be smart with the matchmaking. I'm glad that Emmy is more kind of in the rotation now on TV because for a while she was totally out of it. Right now she's someone you, you don't, you're not surprised to see her on TV. And it's just... The big thing with Julia is who, what other 22 year old wrestler is now presentation the way she is? I mean, seriously, how many young wrestlers do we see that we like their, their fundamentals or their mechanics or their athleticism, but we go, they need to find who they are as a personality, right? They need to find, I mean, Julia Hart has an entrance that's like a star entrance and whoever's helped with yeah. that credit to them also, to be clear. But I don't know. I, I think it's really a story that deserves a lot of credit. I'm, I'm thrilled to see her as coming together. Yeah, she's she's coming along very very well. And like Joe said, um, one of the clear success stories of AEW's 2023 yeah. from a uh, a booking perspective. You know, they decided that they wanted to make something of her, and they started giving her a squash matches and making her look strong and giving her a bit more time in the ring so she can develop. And so far, they are now enjoying the fruits of that labor, and she's only mm-hmm. getting better. So, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Caden Lee, one nine. Appreciate it as always. Thank you, Joe Loveheart. We are so back. My pleasure. God bless. God bless. Phantom FTW two pound. Appreciate it as always. Emmy slapped Julia so hard her eyelashes fell off. It always pops me when that happens. Yeah. There was a couple. Of Do you those, know how hard those... you have to hit someone to knock their fake eyelashes off? I don't. But look, watching watching Emmy throw those, I believe it because she was. <laughs> She don't go easy on you, right? And that's why she makes you better. She brings it. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, next up, I found this quite bizarre. Joe Hulbert, Charlie. Oh, I think I know where you're going. Yeah. yeah. Was actually oh, Mar- Mariah May and RJ City are outside <laughs> Tony Khan's office. And it seems that RJ City is sort of, uh, he's been the bridge to set up Mariah May getting a meeting with Tony Khan. He was a bridge. He was, what did he call it, the social lubricant that made him um, bring together Mariah May and Tony Storm. But the way Mariah May was, like, talking to RJ City was very... I couldn't figure out what was going on. She was, like... like, She had, like, the delivery of, like, a fucking porn star or something. And I was very confused of why she was doing this. Um, I, I... I don't know. I couldn't figure out who was trying to impress the other or who I couldn't I just couldn't figure out what was going on. It was very I don't know. Charlie, what's happening here? Do you know? <laughs> I don't really know what was happening here. But not a lot of uh, wrestlers get shown on TV actually like going to talk to Tony Khan. So True. it just kind of shows how much stock they have in Mariah. So that was mm-hmm. cool. 
the actual segment itself, not a fucking clue. I hope it popped someone, and I'm sure it did, because wrestling fans are interesting people. I, the chance kind of co-signed the, the take that I saw, which was that the idea appeared to be that she was flirting with RJ, and RJ was, like, nervous about it. But RJ yeah, but didn't... But what... Did you get that from RJ? I didn't. I don't know if I got that from RJ. I didn't get that from did you? I don't know. Maybe I should rewatch it. I'm not going to rewatch it, but maybe I should. <laughs> Look, it was 50 seconds of the show. Yeah. I'm going to live with it. Yeah. She's going to be Tony, wrestling. There was a Tony Storm promo somewhere as well. I think that was it certainly was. That was earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that was, that was at some point in the show. I don't know why I haven't mentioned it yet, but uh, yeah, uh, Tony Storm. She's always, she always seems kind of like, you know, some sort of discomfort. Fed up, you know. <laughs> so it's all in black and white. She's, Look, like, man. she's kind of just frowning. RJ City sits down and talks with her. She tells us about how her how her weekend's been or whatever the fuck she was talking about. Um, I think she said she was part of the Kennedys at one point. And uh, RJ City takes takes. Wrestling <laughs> <laughs> fans are fucking weird, man. Um, <laughs> talking about this long night that she had or whatever, and the feet hurt. RJ City takes her feet off, like on camera. Takes her feet off, takes her <laughs> takes her shoes off on camera, and like a small <laughs> section of the ADV audience, like pop for Tony's feet. That was yeah, that was <laughs> it was a very weird joke. No, but in, be into what you want to be into, but you don't have to like audibly pop when you're in a, in a public yeah, setting, you know. Like, I, I look, man. I'll say it's not my thing at all, but. You can never say Tony's not committed to the bit. She <laughs> swings for the fences in these things. Man. That's insane. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I struggle to follow the law. I see every week. I see tweets after Dynamite explaining like what the like, where they're going with this, and I'm like, I'll see it when it happens. I guess you know. Yeah, Good luck so, to well, I guess within this madness, uh, Tony Storm's got a total defense next week. It's next week. Yes. Or, yeah. yeah week. So that's that, that. That was the purpose of all these. Obviously, Mariah. <laughs> oh, I didn't Mariah even Mayf- get that from the segment. <laughs> <laughs> Mariah May thing, of course, is a bit separate. She's. Uh, it seems like she's going to try get her first match or something. Or yeah, it seems yeah, like it. It could be. Yeah. It could even be something important, or it could just be they throw out a graphic for collision. You know, because I saw some people doing the Mercedes thing, and I just don't know if that's how you would do that personally. Mm. But maybe. Mm. <laughs> Dropping Mercedes into the cinematic universe of Tony Storm sounds insane. Mar- 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 it sounds like a Mercedes thing to do, though. It does, yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying, uh, Mariah May's delivery here was. <laughs> what a character. He really know. threw me off, bro, you know? <laughs> I'm trying to have a good time. I'm watching Top Flight, you know? And Ryan May is just talking to us in this tone, Joe, and I'm just like, "Why is going on here?" You know. Yeah. Um, it seems anyway. to have really struck. It seems to have just bemused you in every which way. You seem, you seem <laughs> unsettled by it. You know, you seem rattled. I said by something it. in the. I said something in one of the chats yesterday, and everyone just no sold it. Like it didn't just happen. So this is the first <laughs> time I'm really getting to talk about it and talk about the fucking bizarreness of what happened. You know. So. uh yeah, <laughs> bizarre stuff. <laughs> Super chats. Uh, Don't man's five dollars. Appreciate it. With Danielson being the head of the disciplinary committee, I need him to hit Ric Flair with a Busoko knee for that rampage promo. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> what a visual that is. <laughs> this is your punishment, Rick. Yeah. <laughs> Brian's going to knee him in the fucking head. <laughs> just holding him in place while Dragon fucking lines him up. Sure does, first of all, others appreciate you. Julia outshining not one but two different factions is one of the great surprises in pro wrestling. God bless her. She's definitely flying her. And obviously Brody's in the Continental Classic, but you know, he ain't holding no totals or anything anytime soon, I don't think. So yeah, um, yeah man. Will Chisholm, twenty dollars. Appreciate you very much as always, brother. Uh, in two months, AEW is going to have to turn Julia Hart babyface. It will be it will be the Rhea Ripley thing that the fans love her. My sister was at the Rampage taping. She said that the Sting and Ric Flair promo was bad. Yeah, I think uh, I think yeah. I don't think I've seen one pleasant review of it yet. You know, <laughs> there were even some that said Sting looked like he was not thrilled with it. But I don't know if you guys saw that. There were some live reports that Sting's yeah, face expression. Out, kind of... Outside of him saying like uh, like a weird line and stuff, apparently he went like really really long as well, and he was just kind of like rambling on out there. You know, so um, I don't know. Obviously, I won't now. I've just the least surprising thing ever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the least surprising story. Especially when Rick he knows Flair, it's not live. <laughs> yeah. Ric Flair went too long in a promo and said something insanely creepy. Like, yeah, exactly. That's why that's why everyone's wanted to sign in the way they did. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, what about Julia Hart turning babyface? You think that'll be a thing that has to happen? Because uh, I, you, you mentioned yeah. Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley's not a babyface, yeah. No, I think that's an issue in itself, to be honest, because you have those weird matches, right, where the crowd's chanting for Rhea and it's it's worthwhile for them because Judgment Day is such an important act. The House of Black's not important like that. I, I'd already be moving in that direction. It's not you don't have to shoot yeah. an angle or anything. God forbid you go up to Malachi Black and say, "Hey man, we got one on idea to turn Julia babyface." God only knows what he'd come up with. I mean, no way, don't do that. Just have him. Just have a by the light. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, she'd grow, wings. She'd grow angel wings. <laughs> I'd just stop flying to the TV. There's a collision. I'd just say she's not a white talent now. And he asked me, I'd just run away. <laughs> Not that anyone in AEW handles it like that. I'm just, you know, I'm simply pontificating. Darren Walker, five pounds. Appreciate it as always. Last woman to go into TK's office, still not wrestled from the Rosa. So, Ryan May won't debut for another three months. What is going on with Thunder Rosa? Oh. Maybe she'll wrestle, wrestle Mariah May. Oh, well. Maybe. When we talk about. Um... <laughs> When we talk when we talk about Britt Baker, we'll talk a bit about Thunder Rosa because I think uh I think they're very interesting mm-hmm. topics interesting. for now. Um Shout out Spurs Four Dollars, appreciate you as always. Tony's forties era Hollywood references continue to pop me. I know it's not for everyone, but commitment to source material makes it work. Um I absolutely, I've, I've remained, even though I've said like, it's not for me, uh, I've, I've remained very strong that like, her commitment to it in itself is like pop worthy and it does pop me a bit, you know. And uh, I think every step of the way has been a miss with this stuff, and it all not even a miss, I don't think that would be fair to call them misses. Yeah, it's just not it's all been more, for you, just yeah. not, yeah, no, I don't think all of it's been for me. Uh, it's, it's one of those simple cases if you're gonna do it, do it right. and if, if this is the best version of that, it's not like Tony's half ass and she's not into it. Like she's clearly going for it, so there's an audience for it. It's, I think we feel a certain way about her being the champ with it because it's just like it's tough. But unfortunately, that's where the division's at right now. So hopefully, the match is like I thought the Emmy match was encouraging. 
the Sheeta match where she won the belt wasn't any good, I didn't think. So hopefully next week's match, whoever it is, um, hopefully that goes well. Because if Tony can have good matches with the gimmick, I think everyone's like a lot more chill about the whole thing, right? It's yeah. like, here's what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Cage. Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> what is... How is this happening? He's unbelievable, Monty. This is incredible. Mm -hmm. I've watched this segment four times. He did put on a bit of a masterclass. (laughs) It's one of the best promos he's ever cut, I think. This was astonishing. What was the nickname he called Cope's Jude Meister, did he say? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For Jude Meister. But yeah, this is just uh, Christian Cage puts on a gaslighting um just masterclass, you know? Yeah. Well he didn't quite work out for him, but still the, yeah. the content of what he said <laughs> yeah. was fucking awesome. You know, he comes out and obviously he's he's got no he's got no friends now, has he Christian Cage, like Nick Wayne being concerto, Kill Switch being concerto. And he's got his security guys with him who look useless. <laughs> God bless them. But yeah, Christian Cage he goes out there and he basically says that he wants to talk to he wants to talk to Adam Cole and he wants him to come out. And at first he don't come out, but he does eventually. And um, yeah, Christian Cage, like I said, he just puts on this manipulative masterclass. You know, this just piece of shit. He's just talking to Edge about Adam Cole and Sarah about you know how you know they they shouldn't be fighting. You know, they're like brothers, you know. then He's not he's not a father to Edge. They're like brothers, and his father was basically like Edge's father, and he took him in as a family, and they go way back. The great Jude Moist, do it for Jude Moist, along with Joe reference. Um, yeah, Christian, like you, like you said, Joe, genuinely, is, it's it's at least a top two promo he's cut in AEW, like at least, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and that's saying something because he's been one of the best fucking promo guys for sure. the last year or so in AEW. So. And of course, Christian Cage, it's one of the things he's been known for throughout his career, but he's just a great talker and he's just he's just fucking awesome. He's hilarious as well, you know, <laughs> which always helps. But ultimately, Adam Copeland wasn't buying it and uh, gives, gives, gives Christian Cage a low blow, tells him to go fuck himself uncensored on television for our friends in the United States, Joe Hall. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, this was, this was tremendous, Joe. Continue where you started after about I just, minutes ago. I thought this was just superb. Like, I've <laughs> actually enjoyed the feud. We kind of discussed it right a couple of weeks when we did the full gear preview. Like, I actually think the feud's been good, and I think most of the beats have, have hit. It faded a touch at the background at the end of the full gear build. Um, but Christian Cage is just so... He's such a sharp pro wrestler. He understands pro wrestling in a way where he understands so deeply that it's actually incredibly simple to him. And that, that to me, is what makes him so brilliant because his ideas are not groundbreaking or revolutionary. When you see them, they make immediate sense. And you think, why didn't I see him? I should have saw that coming. You know, of course, that's what they would do. But he executes it so perfectly. And he's so refreshing in a time where everyone overcomplicates this medium to such like ridiculous degree. Christian stands out even more, you know, because he just gets it. Who are the top heels in AEW right now? Go through the list. Almost every single one of them gets cheered other than him. Seriously, right? Like, 
I think Swerve Strickland's a great heel. He's doing everything he can to get booed most weeks. They still cheer him. He's Swerve. He's too cool. Joe's a great heel. They still cheer him. Christian Cage, it takes some doing for people to cheer that dude. You know, he is a, a villain. And just what he's been able to do in AEW, I think, has been remarkable. It's probably the best work of his entire career as a complete package. Obviously, in ring, he's been, you know, less active than he was previously. But as a complete package, I think it's close. And he was just so good here because you never trusted him, but his delivery was good enough to allow Copeland to sell. If he hammed it up too much, he went close with Jude Meister, which was funny, but generally he played it straight. And as a result, Copeland was able to wear it on his face. Right, He was able to look like he was kind of moved by some of the things he was saying because they're true. A lot of that is true. And so what they're doing with this is they're building to a singles match, which I'm excited to see, while they're actually building their tag run. It's happening at the same time. When they eventually do hug and become a team, we've already got it all in place. So this whole thing has been good, but this segment was the best yet, and I just thought it was a home run. Perfect callback with the go fuck yourself. I mean, this was just perfection. I thought this was the highlight of the show, and it was a really good show. Great segment. I loved it. Charlie, home run? Absolutely. This feud's been so fun. Like... <laughs> You knew they were going to do something with Christian immediately when uh, Edge came in. I can't call him Adam Copeland. It just sounds wrong. Um, but you knew they were going to do something with these two immediately when Edge came in. And I'm glad that they did, but they've done it the way that they have because it just makes sense. And they've got so, obviously they've got so much chemistry together. And it's just been great TV for the most part. And this segment this week, Christian's just such a funny heel. But like because he's so devious in the way that he delivers these things and the sort of shit that he says. And he walks such a line that most other people can't with these promos. And Edge just fucking go fuck yourself. It just, it worked. <laughs> Great. I love this. I can't wait for the match next week. I can't believe the match is next week, actually. That's kind of crazy, but it's a good time. Yeah, it was one of them, because like, when, when, uh, when Edge first mentioned it, I think it was like last Saturday on Collision or whenever it was. You know, mm-hmm. and he was like December 9th. It felt further away than, oh shit, it's next week now. You know, it's, yeah. um, but yeah, bro, uh, in Canada, in the home country, you know, oh. Edging Christian. Might, they might make some magic, sure. Joe. What do you think? I'm pretty bullish. I mean, I think we've discussed it a lot. I think people overstated Copeland's in ring decline. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about how that dude, he's so over. He can still have really good matches, especially as a babyface. You pair that with Christian's wrestling mind and the form he's in. You put in Montreal. Like, I think this one could be quite special. Um, Very hopeful. I I think there's no world in which it's anything less than good. But Mm -hmm. I think there's a few scenarios Mm -hmm. where this is like, honestly, this could be kind of career-defining for Christian. Like, genuinely. Mm -hmm. Christian was always, and I say this as someone who's a much bigger Christian fan, we have to be honest. The reason much Christian praise is always paired with he's better than Edge is because he does live in Edge's shadow to some extent. It's no shame in that. Edge has been a big star. But this feud is not him living in Edge's shadow. They are main event equals. And that, I think, shows you to be doing that. I think he's, is it his birthday today, maybe, Christian, or yesterday? I think I think he's like yeah. just turned 50. Yeah. This is up. This is incredible. He's a guy who I already, already deemed an all-timer because of his work. I think what he's doing for his legacy with this run is like, we will only appreciate years down the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. AEW have had a rocky year. It's been up and down, but he's been just incredible throughout, right? Even when it was like, there were weeks of AEW, it was like, man, there's not really a lot to sink your teeth into, and Christian was still there doing his thing. Just wonderful. 
great stuff. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. You know, Christian Cage is just uh he said he is already a Hall of Fame, a legend, yeah. why however you want to mm-hmm. call it, you know, but this this is just kind of sending me over the edge, you know, because he's just so good when mm-hmm. in a time where he doesn't really need to be, you know. <laughs> you know, he doesn't need to be this good, you know. He could get by by being half as good as he is right now and people would still appreciate it, you know. Yeah. Um but yeah, he's just he's just tremendous, and I think uh, I think we've said it a couple times, Joe, over the past few weeks. It's uh, you, know, you kind of you kind of referenced it at the start of your review of the segment. It's like it's so easy to him, you yeah. know. Like he's just he's just kind of moonwalking around in AEW. You know, he's not you know, like I said, it's... he don't need to be this good. But it's not it's not like he's fucking killing himself to like do this. It's just oh. he's just that good, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's in a time where, and this isn't a negative thing, but so many people are keen on like innovation and trying to evolve. And it's like, there's room for that. And I'm glad that guys are doing that. But Christian has mastered ingredients of wrestling that will always be relevant. They're timeless. If you can be a good heel, you understand pacing and selling. I don't care how much wrestling quote unquote evolves. You will always have a place. And this, we've learned that with, with AEW, right? Like some of the most innovative guys in AEW are some of the most valuable guys. So I'm not doing that as like a black or white thing. What I'm getting at is, to put it more simply, the real is always, right? It lives forever. It's timeless. <laughs> and you could quite easily have talked to yourself into three years ago, like, oh, well, Christian fit, the way he wrestles. Yeah, he's a genius. <laughs> and when he's done in the ring, he'll have, if he wants to, and he actually wants to sharpen and do it, he may just be chilling at home with his money, but I think he's done okay on that front as of late also, but... If he wants to, he could be a huge asset to the industry outside of the ring. You know, oh, used yeah, to compare him to, he used to get compared to Pat Patterson all the time in that regard because of his, his brain for spots and, and layout. I mean, the, the dude is a wrestling genius. Love it. Yeah, we're, uh, big fans of Christian Cage. You know, he told Edge, he told Edge I love you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but looks like it didn't really work out for him. Edge told him to go fuck himself. You know, um, and just the way that he sells, like you know, the way that he sold the yeah. low blow, you know, he's just yeah. he's pathetic. He's a true villain, you know. Jay White's good at this too. It's a lost art. Mm-hmm. When you sell as a heel, I don't want to be sympathetic. I don't want to think you're courageous. You should be the most pathetic, <laughs> just, like just a total loser, right? He's sitting there. Yeah. He just, he just got outsmarted by the baby face, and he's just. You know, he's grimacing, and there's not one part of this. Like, I feel bad for that guy. You're like, yeah, serves him right. Jay White's very good mm-hmm. at that also. It's a, it's a lost art, and Christian is – he's An a artist. master of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, honestly, he looks so, like, just pathetic, right, as a villain. Like, just like, mm-hmm. look at this piece of shit. Thinking he would fall yeah. in with that. That's beautiful. Great stuff. You mentioned Jay White, and he was involved in the main event versus mm-hmm. Swerve Strickland. And – uh you mentioned his selling as a heel, and I guess that kind of touches on his performance as a heel. I think that Jay White is truly tremendous in ring as a heel. Yep. The way that like he cuts off, and he's kind of like, I know it's a word I'll use a lot and we use a lot in here, but he's just really spiteful. You know, yeah. and he's really like vindictive and cunning and just like and he all and he displays it so well through his performance as a heel, you know. Um and I think performing as a true heel in ring these days is 
again, another lost start. And I think mm-hmm. Joe White is just mm-hmm. tremendous. Eh? One of the very best. Eh? Um, Swerve was great here. Of course, he was kind of the, uh, I guess, the de facto babyface in this match. You know, the crowd was obviously behind him, you know. Um, and obviously, he kind of wrestled to that, you know, which kind of was to his strengths as well, because he does have some of that cool, unique offense, or like the way he was stringing mm-hmm. some of his offense together really got over yeah. with the crowd and it really worked for the match. Um, Jay White tried to do the low blow, which got him a win in previous matches, but Swerve was too smart for it. And they kind of went reversal for reversal. He didn't know which way it was going to go. Jay White set him up for a Blade Runner again, uh, because he did hit him earlier in the match, but he rolled to the outside. And, uh, but he got reversed and he got rolled up and Jay White got pinned very quickly. And uh, Swerve, Swerve hits six points. Jay White stays on three points. And uh, yeah, man, this was um, one of one of the harder matches to pick of the Gold League, or I think, of who was going to win. But of course, mm-hmm. I, I'd say Swerve was probably the slight favourite going into it and he did get the points in the end. But uh, I really enjoyed the back and forth of what this was. I really, really did enjoy it. And again, like I said, Jay White is a hit. He's just tremendous. And I think Swerve, the form is on lately. Of course, he's great as well. Um, Charlie, you like the main event? I did. I really like the main event. Uh, this might be my favourite tournament match so far, but I'm really high on both Jay White and Swerve, so that's probably a shock to absolutely no one. Um, oh my god, when Jay kicked out of the Swerve Stomp, it literally had hit like three o'clock at that point. Well, it's three o'clock for us. It had hit like the end of the dynamite time. So him kicking mm-hmm. out at that point, they were just like, Oh shit, no, we're still going. Um pretty pretty cool layout of the match. And I think it's been the longest tournament match so far. Because it's the only one that I've heard them call out that was five minutes remaining. I think so. Eddie and Brody may have come close, but I don't think right. they did the announcement for that. Okay, right. They don't seem to have settled on how... Did you notice before the main, they sent it to Justin Roberts, and he looked mm-hmm. around like, am I on? <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was like, weird, right? Yeah, so maybe they're not sure you, but it was, if it yeah. wasn't the longest, it was very close to it. And it yeah. felt... You, you only could think draw when they read out the time, right? You were like, it's going to be a draw. And so it was good. Very I did think it was going to be a draw, but Swerve got the win, and I think that was the right decision here because I don't know if you guys have seen Jay White's uh, backstage promo yet, but he's losing it again, and <laughs> Jay White's always best when he's a little bit insane, so I'm very, yeah. very excited. I hope they really explore that like post-Continental uh, Classic because it's the same sort of uh, thing that he went through when he lost to Ibushi, but they never explored it properly. So I hope the AEW actually like really digs into that and lets him do stuff with that. But yeah, loved the match. Thought it was great. These guys had incredible chemistry, which I'm not surprised by, but mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you bring up like him kind of going like delusional and kind of psychotic mm-hmm. after the Kota Ibushi last because yeah, they didn't really like dive that much into it. Felt like he kind of, I say he just kind of like came back and just beat Okada, didn't he? <laughs> like, just... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Joe, Joe White's got very, he's got he's actually quite versatile in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, Joe Holbert, good yes, man, wasn't it, mate? Very good, mate. It seemed to take them, I thought it took them a few minutes to find their groove, right? It's weird working heel matches on US TV, and they kind of naturally could just lean, as you said, the people love Swerve, Jay is an absolute piece of shit. It's a natural. You can you can kind of you know adjust that way, and they they did. And by the end, it really just felt like Swerve was a babyface, um, with an edge to be clear. But that was one of the more interesting things about the match. I mean, I don't think any of us want Swerve to turn because he's such a great heel. 
but it was an interesting look at like main event babyface swerve just for just to have a look yeah. at it you know and kind of see how that would because he is super over and he has a lot of momentum i mean in a weird way and i didn't necessarily see this coming the continental classic is actually kind of perfect for the swerve thing because so often guys have these big moments in aw and they kind of vanish to short pre-tapes or mm-hmm. with the classic he's going to be on wrestling every week and if you let swerve wrestle every week he's going to keep his momentum right he's not going to he's not going to blow it so it's kind of that that's working out thus far um and you're seeing how much he's connecting but yeah, i really like that the last five minutes i'd say in particular were like they were totally in sync i mean they were yeah. on point so it's one of those ones where you kind of go because i think they've wrestled i think they've wrestled once before on a new japan yeah mm-hmm. us show, i think right? it was swerve's first match uh right. back in the indies after his 90 days was up yeah and i think he was like a mystery opponent right or something to that effect i, I, I think believe swerve so was. yeah 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 so you know i think you saw here them finding that chemistry within the match and then by the end of it it was like whoa it was silky smooth right mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I really liked the match. It was probably second for the tournament for me. And I'm, you know, biased towards Mark Briscoe because, of course, we, we explored that topic earlier. But, yeah, you know, I loved it. And Swerve is, man, the ground he's made up in this this last few months, it feels like he's climbed, like, tremendously, doesn't it? Absolutely. Before the Hangman feud, he was on that list of guys where it's like, we're waiting to see if they get a shot to make it to the, the main event stage. And he leaves that feud and it's like, oh, he didn't need to be going. I mean, he's almost there, right? He's pretty much ready to win the world title. I think he is anyway. I think he's, yeah. to me, he's a massive priority for that belt next year. So I really like the match. Yeah, there's a lot to like. There's absolutely a lot to like. Um, definitely one matches the tournament. And uh, yeah, man. Swerve, oh, as you, you, you two... as well after the show was really yeah. Good. So that's what was the get to the get to the promos, the Swerve mm-hmm. promo. Of course, he, he did mention that in in said promo that Jay White was his first match after his ninety days. He was like, oh, yeah. I was out of shape, etc., etc. And Jay White beat me first round that night. You know <laughs> uh, that rules. I didn't see that. So was... It's really good promo. Um, a lot of people were kind of like ho- a lot of people have been hoping up a lot of these exclusive promos today. So it's kind of been in the shuffle of it, but. Last week, people went crazy for Swell's promo. Like the beat, you know, you hear the noise. I liked it, but I thought this one was like substantially better. Um, Yeah. Yeah. He just kind of talked about his momentum and stuff like that. Uh, But so, yeah, he's, uh, he's, if you haven't seen it yet, Swell's post match uh, backstage promo after after this win is definitely worth catching up on. You seen the Moxley one? Yes, I watched that. I haven't seen the Moxley one. He's just. I mean, we've said about four of him as promos, right? That dude yeah. is like unbelievably prolific. good. Every, yeah, he is prolific. The word, mate. Like he's he always has content and ideas, and his delivery is always on point. He's just a great, great promo guy. Great promo guy <clears throat> to the point where at times in AEW, especially as of like he hasn't even really had anything to talk about, but he's still a great promo because it's that's what mm-hmm. he does, right? So yeah, it's good. I, what I've seen of those promos, there's. You know, and they are, I know they're showing some of them on TV, so I'm not doing the bit of like, should be on TV, bro. But to me, it's bigger than that. I think it gives you a glance of like, that's the AEW that I would like to just beat the show, to be honest. Yes. And I know you need variety, I get it. But if you just do it, it's up to me. There's a grit to that kind of content, you know. They're saying real mm-hmm. and personal, bae. And, and if you want to be different to the other show, they will never have promos like on TV. Like, they just don't do TV like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, but to me, that's the AEW I love personally. At least we're getting it now. That's the most important yeah. thing, right? Even if it's not the whole show, we're getting it. So I like it. Yeah, at least it's there. 
You know, exactly. Even if you have to seek it out and go on the AW Twitter page, right. and at least it, it, it's there, you know? Yeah. That Max promo should absolutely get chopped up for fucking collision or something. I like, think it that was yeah. like, <laughs> that was like tremendous. At one I point, he's got like tears in his eyes and shit. Like, oh it's just gosh. fucking, it's just real, it's just, Charlie. What? It's just real, you know? It's the game, you know? Absolutely. It's, uh... I don't know, Charlie, did you see the Moxley one? No, I didn't. I need to watch that one. The only ones I saw were the. Might have only been the Swerve one, though. No, the Swerve and the Jay White ones were the only ones. Yeah, the Swerve Swerve one, of course, the Swerve and Maxi ones, of course, were kind of like the standout ones. The White promo, of course, White's just like a good promo, you know? And uh, especially when he's kind of like Charlie mentioned, when he's kind of like weaving in kind of like this psychotic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He's just losing it, you know? Um, He's not quite frothing at the mouth yet, but we'll get there. Yeah, eventually. Um, and apparently, I, I haven't actually seen this one, but apparently, Jay Leaf will cut a good promo as well. So, um, I haven't seen that one either. Wrestling promos, wrestlers are good at cutting wrestling promos, they're much better at that than mm-hmm. doing you know Saturday Night Live sketches. It's it's not <laughs> seriously like I know it's, it's quite true, but it's true. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> Sometimes we've lost the plot with this stuff, you know. Like, even guys who aren't great promos, if you let them just be passionate about what they do, it'll be better than them trying to act, you know. Yeah. Talk. What do you feel? Be be real and car wrestling promo. Mm-hmm. It works more Absolutely. times than not. Yeah, that was good stuff for this AEW Dynamite. I thought it was a very good show, to be honest. Uh, which is it's really cool, especially like coming out of last week's Dynamite, which a lot of people just thought was like terrible. And to be honest, we reviewed it, and I'm sure you can kind of find many takes <laughs> similar to that throughout that review from last week. But it's kind of the story of AEW, isn't it? It's so over. We're back. The ups and downs, the inconsistency, the momentum being up and down. Like that has been the story of AEW in 2023, to be honest, in a nutshell. Um, but of course, with inconsistency comes multiple ups like last night, but all you know, also multiple downs like last week. And some downs are worse than others. Last week felt like really low, especially like the low that they got with like uh I think there was like a bad dynamite when Ric Flair was announced or some shit. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, that yeah. was a really bad love as well. Um, but you know, then the, you'll get the up of All In and All Out and Wrestle Dream will be really good pay per views. And then the, an episode like this dynamite where it's like, quote the word that's been everyone saying now, the feelings back. Um, <laughs> I don't think it happens overnight. I think it would be a bit early to say the feelings sure. back, but it's yeah. definitely a step in the right direction. Um, but yeah, that's Doc Sedgwick. It's kind of been the story of AEW this year, hasn't it? It has, and it's a result of kind of so many different creative forces at play, right? And you kind of get that like personality split. Like it's there's a, a lack of identity at times. I thought this show, what wasn't encouraging to me was that the matches were good because when you have talent this kind of, they'll always be good. The positive sign here that I really hope is a is a thing we can rely on. It felt a lot more tonally together there were still some elements of quirkiness that we covered and that was wrestling it's never going to be you know like completely straight laced that's fine but i did think this show especially that first block of it when they had the two classic matches it was like this show feels a lot more together than it has in recent weeks you know there's always something good on it because the wrestlers are great but this felt more cohesive to me and that i think that's important when you're watching a whole show you know like that's why struggled before like when we, you know in all seriousness when we were doing this few months back like i thought it was good stuff on the show but i just found it to be like dizzying it's like very 
You know, this I thought was very, and a big part of that was Max Cut Wrestling promo, and he's great at that. So he added to the show. Christian stuff is always a little bit more shtick heavy, but he's Christian and he can pull it off. So you let him do his thing, right? You can still have variety. AEW always had variety. It just felt more to me like one show. Yeah. This week captured that. So I think the positive this week was it wasn't a good show because of any like otherworldly Danielson match that he pulled out of nowhere. It wasn't saying you can't sustain. There's a blueprint here you could follow every week. Some will be better, some will be worse. Circumstance works that way. You have bad luck, you have good luck. But their simplest approach is their best still. Yeah, 100%. You know, and, and I just, I hope that there's kind of lessons learned from why this was good and, and why yeah, the audience liked it. Stick to what got you to the dance, you yeah, know? So stick to what got you to the dance. And ever since they've tried, like, making it more, you know, for lack of a better time, entertainment base. You know, I mean, uh, they're doing a lot more of these skits and they're trying to like, make the characters more um, eccentric or whatever, more colourful characters and all this. You know, it's just that isn't what got AEW to dance. It's almost the exact opposite of that. And there's always going to be room for it. So it's some of the great yeah. dynamites were like great match, great, great, great match, great match, great match. MJF will have like an entertainment segment, but it would be good. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it'd be good. MJF will cut a great promo, blah, blah, blah. It wouldn't go too wacky. And uh, you'd get that entertainment side of it. Cody Rhodes would do, you know, his entertainment, you know, storyline angle. Then, you know, then you had the wrestlers doing the, not that they aren't wrestlers, but you had like the wrestlers, wrestlers doing their thing that makes AEW so great. Whereas now, as you mentioned, instead of it being the people I just mentioned, MJF, of course, stays in. He's doing his stuff, and last night was a definitely a big improvement from the week before. And then um, you got Christian Cage and Edge doing the kind of like their WWE shit, you know, which yeah. is actually like not that overtly WWE, but it's still kind of like yeah. it's good. Everyone, most importantly, yeah. you know, that's the that's, that's the, the important thing. thing. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's if it's good, we're all going to be way more forgiving. Yeah. The issue yeah. I have with a lot, especially with the Roddy stuff, and I, everyone knows what I think of Roderick Strong. I have to explain that. I thought that stuff was bad for much of it. If you liked it, you liked it. God bless. I didn't like it because I thought it was bad. If it was, if it was somewhat funny, I would have felt like it wasn't to me. It's subjective, of course. But if you if you can if you trust a guy like Christian Cage to do a sports entertainment segment well, let him do it. You don't have to ban them, you know. <laughs> But just saying, you have to have a bigger vision. That's the most important thing. And the Continental Classics allowing them to, I think, see what that could be. So hopefully it yeah. works out. I do. I do hope as well, mate. You know, I mean, it would be nice to see them kind of going into 2024 a bit more stable and something to build on top yeah. of. And yeah. have like a clear identity and a focus and goals that they want to achieve for 2024. Um, Instead of it being kind of like this scatterbrain stuff, which I think some of the worst dynamites reflect, you know, yeah. kind of feel scatterbrained all over the place. Joe used the word dizzy. I've used that word a million times <laughs> watching AEW Dynamite, you know. Um, sometimes the dizzying episodes can be some of the great episodes, but it's like sure. still dizzying and it's still kind yeah. of jarring in terms of a complete two hour product. Um, Joe as well used the word cohesive. I think that, I think that's just important for anything that's going two hours or longer. I think with a one hour show, you can kind of get away with just throwing three matches on or something, you know. Right. But for anything like two hours or longer, I think it has to be you have to have like a cohesive, you know, a cohesive flow to the show and 
you know, have goals and have your main characters and have this, this and that, you know, so. Yeah. Steps in the right direction, hopefully, isn't just another story in AEW's inconsistencies of 2023 and we're not Mm -hmm. here next week fucking banging our heads against the wall like we was (laughs) last week. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was I wasn't dreading reviewing it. I don't I don't yeah. dread reviewing shit dynamites. It's just kind of like <laughs> I'm not like just like oh, here we go again, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so when when the show's a good lot of work, that's like it does make it does make these these occasions with my fellow co-hosts a lot more enjoyable, you know. Um, God bless. Keep out Tony Khan and crew and whatever the fuck. <laughs> Yeah. Short down Spurs, five dollars appreciate you as always. How did Edge and Christian become feuded the uh, candidate in two weeks? I might be pushing it a little bit, but I respect the uh where you What is the from. feud of the year? Genuinely. Because I have no idea. I don't watch enough wrestling to know the answer to any of these. When you were tweeting those questions, I was like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we, haven't, we haven't we haven't done a feud of the year. I don't do the feud of the year thing, so um Mm-hmm. Why like the lead candidates? This this is fat. I don't, I honestly I'm I must be forgetting something like right in front of me. Like well, the bloodline I, stuff obviously goes. In I was gonna sense. say it might have to be Sammy and Ko and the Usos. Yeah, I don't know. It's I hard to pinpoint. It's hard to pinpoint that as like because. The extended series of WWE was Cody and Brock, but I didn't love any of those matches individually. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> yeah, that I, is, I watched all three matches and hated all of them. Swerve and Hangman. Swerve and Hangman, yeah. Swerve yeah. And I know we must have been forgetting it. That has to be it. Yeah, yeah Swerve and Hangman goes without saying. Yeah. That's the one. To be the fair, goes without saying. Well. I think that... Um, it might just be anything that Hangman did this year, to be honest. I'm so like I'm so washed that I legitimately was talking about the hangman swerve a few ten minutes ago and was like, hey guys, anyone any good feuds this year? Uh, would it be yeah. in New Japan? Um hmm. what has New Japan done this year? Not a whole lot. <laughs> That's a lie, they've done some good stuff. <laughs> well, they have a lot of shows, I know that. Yeah, yeah they do. Oh, trust me, they do a whole lot of shows. I've been trying to keep up with World Tag League, and it's just not happening. Osprey Omega. Yeah, Osprey Omega. Had, if they had I a like third it's match... consistent enough. Yeah, it's it. more of like a... Yeah, stuff. Um, Darby and Christian had a good feud. Darby and Joe had a good feud. The first match was last year, which hurts them a little bit. If that whole trilogy was this year, they'd be up there even more so. Um, interesting. I, I honestly, looking at these candidates, think that Catch two two and is a good show, but that's kind of niche. <laughs> and yeah. If you don't watch the tag league oh. stuff, you have no idea. I honestly think Hangman Swerve is like, yeah, because the Bloodline thing. There were so many different pieces of it. It was a great. I, I like obviously everyone. We were there for the Civil War thing. It was great, but the feud I I, took I would, so many different shapes. You know. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think of. What would you pinpoint within the Bloodline story? And I think it would be like the Jay and Sammy storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and that would be like the one singular thing I'd pinpoint out of 2023. Um, and obviously, as Charlie said, that of course leads to you know the Usos versus Steen Erico, which of oh, course you know oh, it was awesome, all that stuff was great. Yeah, um, it's just, if it's just different, and it? it's like 
in fear of doing the cinema meme, it's like cinema meme. Yeah. It's like um <laughs> it's really hard to like to equate that's like this what was the feud, you know? It's just kind of a saga that's took place from like the first eight months of the year. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's interesting though. I think I think, you know, I'm just gonna go on a limb and say Roman's not gonna be sweating the awards. I think he's gonna be okay. Refreshing mm. <laughs> refreshing Monty's page for yeah. Rest of the year. <laughs> He's got notifications on. Yeah. Um, yeah, on, people. <laughs> uh, speaking of notifications, turn the channel notifications on. Like the video. Good call. Well, like the fun. video. Yep. Please. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. Oh, By the way, it became December about 80 minutes ago here. So, yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry everyone. Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um... Hmm. Speaking of feud, the uh, Britt Baker and MJF. Um, so, like, Britt Baker did a tweet during oh, Dynamite, sure and it was like MJF seven minutes live promo time, Christian Cage ten minutes live promo time, Britt Baker zero minutes promo time in twenty twenty three, and then of course the internet being the internet, doing some digging around, saying what's up with Britt Baker, you know? Then they found out. But Britt Baker, Jack Perry, and Sammy Guevara all liked a tweet from just some random guy basically shitting all over MJF, saying that MJF single-handedly destroyed the quote-unquote, the feeling. Um, interesting stuff, Joe. But, you know, AEW <laughs> talent, they kind of just, they just let loose on Twitter whenever they want, you know. And uh, yeah. I think it's pretty obvious that Brit, Brit, someone will... Uh, you would expect someone's going to say something to Brit about that tweet, um, especially yeah. considering all the discourse that has like, came out of it, and it's kind of been a conversation throughout the day on Twitter. Um, and obviously, it leads into kind of like a bigger conversation of what I just mentioned of like, how loose the AEW talent can be on Twitter sometimes. Like even wrestlers that are like even wrestlers that are really like bro, like the tweeting and deleting and the, and the sly shots and the this and the that. And yeah. it's just a bit like, it's a bit, it's quite wild that after everything that's happened, um, and I'm not going to sit here and be, do the whole, uh, huh, well, CM Punk's gone now and the problems are still happening. Oh, yeah. I thought it was all CM Punk when, you know, we, we were saying from the longest, mm-hmm. you know, um, that obviously wasn't the case, you know. CM Punk, of yeah. course, came with his issues, and there were very legitimate, valid issues that, of course, obviously led to him getting fired from the company. But you know, there's uh, there's deeper, fundamental issues when it comes to shit like this, and it seems to be happening again. And it seems like MJF isn't super popular with some of the other talent at the moment. But uh, just based off the Twitter logs, just those three names, Britt Baker, Jack Perry, and Sammy Guevara, I don't think MJF will be sweating it too much. Um, I don't think he's worried. Yeah. Not, exactly, not exactly the three angels of the AEW locker room, if, if rumours and talk is to believe, yeah. be believed. I just... So before we go any further, like tweets is not really... To me, it's like whatever. I mean, it's kind of lame yeah. or whatever. You know, the Brit tweet is... Firstly, she chose the wrong week to do it because Max has cut many bad promos that she could have latched onto to do this. Mm-hmm. She, she, and it's like, I'm never going to police people for not being liking their creative, but at the same time, I've got to be totally honest in saying that there may not be three people I'm less ready to hear that conversation about than these three. Is that fair? Mm. Probably not. But like Britt Baker, Jack Perry and Sammy Guevara are not three people that I'm ready to be talking about how they've been... 
know, about, about how they've been shunned by all elite wrestling. And again, mm-hmm. Jack and Sammy just like the tweet, whatever. <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, it's dumb. It doesn't really achieve anything. And it's hilarious that it was done on a week where like the audience was super happy with the show and there were good yeah. promos. Like, yeah, just acting. Yeah. Bro, even the lots of it's like it's so stupid and it's like. They know what's gonna happen as well because how many times has it came up on on you know on on Twitter like oh so and so like this tweet about seeing Punk or the Young Bucks mm-hmm. or MJF and obviously in this case it was MJF. Um, yeah, you should, people should just like kind of know better, even if they have these frustrations. There's other ways to kind of um, express them. You know, it's like us as fans don't really need to be seen like Twitter, right? Pettiness. You know, like the it kind of it just makes the company too. look bad, you know. The Brit thing's complicated because I like in all seriousness, I don't want to dismiss what she's saying because I do think the point actually is the women's division needs way more promo time than they get. Mm-hmm. They just do. So there is absolutely something to be said for she is a big star and she is a name for them. And like, yeah, I get it. However, we do have to be honest about what her promos were for the last stretch when she was talking a lot. She was she wasn't doing any of her opponents any favors, you know. Like I remember, by the end of Brit's in-ring promos, I was ready to not see any more of them anyway. So it's just Brit's the compli- the complicated one again. The other guys, I mean, they like the tweet, whatever it's done, but um, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 such an own goal, man. Yeah, no, it, is, it is all of me. You know, I'm saying that money, right? Like liking a tweet is dumb, but. Actually, doing a tweet about how long promo yeah, that takes it to a yeah. complete other level, like cause yeah. it just blows yeah. up straight away. And it's, you yeah. know, look, like, look, like I mentioned it's like all three of them. It's like none of them are none of them. If you know, like I said, if rumors and whispers, and I know obviously some of us talk to people a bit more involved in AEW, of course, but like, yeah, no, not not. <laughs> there is there is some people who you don't hear a bad thing about. And they've got great attitudes, and you only hear praise backstage from their peers and stuff. And uh, sorry to break it to you, people. Those three people just are not, they do but not even fit that not. mold, you know? Like, you got Sammy, as everyone already knows, he's rubbed a few people up the wrong way in AEW. You know, whether he's at blame or not, he's obviously, we don't know, we weren't there, you know? Uh, Britt Baker has had many situations. You know, mm-hmm. be, uh, a lot that people don't know about. Then Jack Perry, from what I'm told, is not exactly Johnny Saint. You know, he's uh, there's been a few people in AEW feel he's you know feel oh, a certain cool. way about his attitude. Um, even if they even were saints, they're all over. They've been all over the TV for four years. <laughs> it's like, yeah. The Perry thing as well. It's like one one of the names that apparently thinks he's got a bit of an attitude issue is like he's. Obviously, I can't name the first, but it's like it's a veteran that you would never, no one would ever say anything bad about. Right. The last person in the world you would expect to be like, huh, this guy's a bit of a prick, you know. But yeah. even even people like that, a lot that with him. So, um, interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny coming from these three because they're all former champions that have had spotlight in AEW. They're not slighted talents, like <laughs> all over the TV. Like, <laughs> You've been okay. First of all, one of them suspended, so duh, you're not on TV. One of them had a concussion and had her back injured. Like, yeah, I don't understand. Like, I get what she's saying with the tweet, and she's like, she's doing her thing of like wanting to be like the the face of the women's division. She's trying to do all that stuff again. If it had come from anyone else, 
it would not got as much slack as it did. But Brit needs to be realistic about her position in the locker room these days, to be yeah. honest. It's just, you know, I I actually don't like the thing, genuinely. When people do the deal where like someone moans about their promotion and was like, oh, fuck them. Like, I'm, that's not my way because it's like, is what it is, right? Like, I get it. Wrestlers aren't exactly adults. Sometimes they're going to handle their frustration in ways that are dumb. But it does have to be said, you'd have to have a very generous outlook for these three names to render much. Like, it's like, come on. Yeah. You know, they, Sammy and yeah. Jack were in a title program this year that they absolutely, I mean, they got that gig purely because they were called Pillars four years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that was crazy. We were reviewing it at the time. It was fucking insane. Yeah, it was. You know? It was. Yeah, it's not, like you said, it's not exactly free uh, slighted talents, is it? But, um, which isn't $5, appreciate you. How did this so-called news come up about Warner Media maybe trying to get raw? I hope not because God help us for the social media reaction. Okay, for those who don't know, as far as I'm aware, as somebody who likes to think of themselves as a news aggregator, I think uh, this, is what I can, this is what I can make out. A wrestling account called like Wrestling World or something who like, I've, I've never heard of them not doing scoops or anything like I'm not trying to take a shot at them or anything like that but it's like a small account you know and uh, they, they tweeted like some scoop out and it was like um, you know the, the rights deals are going to be you know announced in early 2024 for WWE Raw etc etc then in like the second half of the tweet it was like the top three candidates are and it was like number one Warner Brothers Discovery number two something else number three something else and then Someone replied to it, like, at Dave Meltzer, is this true? And Dave was like, yes, the deals are going to be announced in early 2024, most people suspect. And I don't think Dave read the whole tweet where it's calling Warner Brothers Discovery, like, the leading contender for it. That's just my assumption. Obviously, I don't know if Dave read the whole tweet or not. But judging off his reply, mentioning the first half of the tweet and not the second half of it, and uh, the way that Twitter is, like when you quote tweet something, it doesn't show like the whole thing or reply mm-hmm. to something, don't show the whole thing. Um, so that's my assumption. Obviously, it's a few of the I think Quarter Holly done like a story on it, like done an article on it. Like Dave has said this and da da da. Um, WrestleMania, I know some of you have seen that page on Twitter. Like they tweeted, like uh, Wrestling Observer said that Warner Brothers Discovery is like number one contender, contender oh. for the rights fees. I DM'd him because I didn't want to do the thing where it's like right. reply or quote tweeting to get likes and be like, this is fake, bro. You know, I DM'd yeah. him and was just like, yeah, Dave didn't say this on Observer Radio and he deleted it and he ended up, uh, I think he just aggregated the original person who said that fucking Warner Brothers was uh, leading ahead. But as far as I can tell, I don't think Warner Brothers are going to go and make a much of a real attempt to get him raw, to be honest. Maybe, maybe it's on their radar, but you know, I don't I doubt that would work very well no. with the relationship with AEW, and they seem very happy with AEW. So, um, as far as I'm aware, no one's actually mentioned Warner being a uh, a legitimate candidate for getting the raw rights fees outside of them being Warner Media. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's Warner Media, so you kind of throw them in that, throw the name in the hat. But outside of that, I've not heard anything like legitimate. I'd leave to uh, the, uh, there was a quote about their approach to the new <laughs> NBA negotiations where they're talking about how even the sports rights it isn't part they generally like to have some sort of you know a piece of stuff, these things that they think if they had raw they would not only not have a piece of WWE they would be promoting peacock it isn't really their their mold at the moment now again with yeah. AEW even more so it really feels like raw is going to be on a streamer which is going to be the weirdest thing ever <clears throat> you know 
Yeah. And I guess kind of follow up on the Super Chat, um, news came out today that, of course, I think came out on like Tuesday, but Triple H wasn't at Raw. Bruce Pritchard won the taping. And obviously that goons up, where the fuck was Triple H? Uh, It appears, according to PW Insider, that Triple H and Nick Khan were in LA this week. um, In in LA, yeah. In LA this week, and it was something to do with them uh, seeking out these this raw media rights deal. And of course, there's a lot of HQs in uh, in LA. There's a lot of head offices in LA, and um, you know the names being thrown around. Of course, and people haven't completely wrote off um, NBC Universal. They might make they might I don't know what the situation is there, but they might come in late. Um, Amazon's been mentioned. Uh, Netflix has been mentioned, which will be very interesting. Um, what else has there been? What other networks has there been? Uh, Fox aren't going to go in. Uh, what else is there? But there's a few. Sure. I think there's a good few places that you could realistically end up. So it'll be interesting to see what happens at the start of uh, 2024 well, with these announcements. Especially if there's a night change involved, that would be the weirdest thing ever, right? Can you imagine? Oh, it's so around. weird that I can't even like. It's weird, but you're you? Nick Khan, bro. Nick Khan would put that shit on Sunday morning if they paid him. Like you know, he's not. <laughs> there's no part of Nick Khan's brain that's like, but tradition, <laughs> you know, like yeah. if Amazon or whoever wants it on a Wednesday, it's going to be on. A, so that will be. That's another part of it that's weird. Oh, can you imagine um, if it goes on a Wednesday? We'll never hear the end of anything. Yeah. I assume I assume AEW would change. Like, I guess they'd they, they'd have to move their stuff, right? You kind of have to. You'd have to just go Tuesday and fight NXT. I don't even want to be fighting Raw every week, you know. I that feels know, like a to big way honest, to drive Tony nuts. If Raw, um, yeah, I think it yeah. If yeah. Raw got moved to like a Wednesday, just take the Monday slot. People always expect right. wrestling to be on a Monday. Capitalize yeah. on that. That would actually be quite a smart move on their behalf. Yeah. Look, I know Tony said he doesn't yeah. want to go against yeah. football or basketball or anything, but. In, because Raw has built such a, like Charlie said, like so many people are going to be expecting wrestling on Monday nights, you know. So uh, that would probably be, the, be the smart play if they could get that time slot, you know, yeah. on a Monday. It'd also be nice if, like, when things get refigured, if Collision got a different. Because I mean, how much I love the Elton yeah, John track, it's not working. That that slot kicks the hell out of them, you know, because. It's one thing to be on Saturdays, but now WWE does their pay-per-views on Saturdays. Well, not now. They've done it for a while, I'm, I'm aware, but it's brutal. Like, some of these collision matches, <clears throat> even in our bubble, it feels like very few people are watching, which is crazy, you know? Yeah. Like, I was talking to someone about a match on collision, and they were like, I didn't see it yet. <laughs> it's like, fuck, in the hour circle? Like, so yeah, the collision crew, it'd be nice to date a better night, too. We'll see how it all, how it all comes about. Yeah, like I say, it'll be an interesting start to the year because you got the AEW media rights deal as well coming up. So, um, yeah, Darren Walker, two pounds, appreciate it. AEW needs a Bill Watts type backstage. Well, that's a crazy twenty twenty three super chat from. <laughs> you need to be more specific about what part of the Bill Watts game you're looking for. But do you remember when Josh mm-hmm. Bonnet was looking for that gig? We need a tweet yeah. about it. Yes. Bring in the enforcer, <laughs> the big man. Uh, Will Chisholm, Brit must be trolling. <laughs> Brit, Brit must be trolling, right? It is funny. She was the apple of Tony Khan's eye, and now this. Did she forget how she did Thunder Rosa on live TV with the soundbag stuff? Yeah, Joe, of course, mentioned that. Like, she was uh, in a lot of promos. She was just straight up burying people towards the end. Mm-hmm. And uh, you mentioned Thunder Rosa, and I was actually meant to tie this Thunder Rosa thing in because I think this is like. And you've kind of mentioned it here, Will, in the super chat. 
Like, isn't it wild that like once upon a time Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, like you think you think back to like that cage match, you know, and you look mm-hmm. at them, like these are the women that are gonna be like if these are gonna if there's gonna be an AEW Hall of Fame one day, like these will be the first women in it. They're gonna be prominently featured figures for the next few years of AEW's women's division. Fast forward to late twenty twenty three, Britt Baker's bitching on Twitter. And Thunder Rosa's been cleared for months and she's been nowhere to be seen. It's fucking crazy, bro. Like, it's just insane. to think of it from that point of view, regardless of what you think of Brit as a talent or skill set was, same with Thunder Rosa, but to just think of it like that is insane that that can even happen, you know? Because AW invested a lot into those two women. And, you know, um, Fuck it with the cliche. They put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this mm-hmm. into AEW. Literally, they bled all over each other multiple times. Um, it's just fascinating that all of that is completely, pretty much irrelevant. It's, the Thunder Rosa thing, especially, is fucking crazy, bro. Like she was reportedly she's been cleared for literally months now. Zero creative for her, even though she's been out for this long. And when she went out, she was the champion that was never defeated. Like how yeah. how does this happen? I don't I don't get it. So um, it's fucking insane, isn't it, John? It's baffling, yeah. Because especially because Rose is like, the, obviously we got lots of reports, but the last thing that Rose actually on TV was was give up her world title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like all the people that have come back in the meantime, you know, like it's it's very strange. I actually like the Fonda Rosa thing. I think it's like a little bit of a bummer because while she wasn't good at the end of her run, she like she had her moments over those that that couple year stretch, like the NWA stuff and then into AEW, where it was like mm-hmm. she felt like a big player. Um, it's a shame, really. I mean, it's just. It's weird how it's worked out. I don't really have any understanding of how we've got here, to be honest. And, yes, I don't know. and I don't think any of us are saying it as like a, a tragedy or anything. I do think it's a shame Rose has not been given something to do. It's more just, to your point, Monty, it's more just weird, right? Yeah, the, the Rosa thing, like, I actually am like, legitimate, like, quite a big fan of Rose. And I yeah, thought like, the way that she was uh, kind of attacked in ways like by in terms yeah. of like perception when like a lot of people were like talking shit about her taking slow shots on social media mm-hmm. stuff like that when she was like out and couldn't have like much of because she don't use the social media much anymore either so it's like you could imagine that she didn't feel like she had much of an outlet to clap back at some of these accusations and uh if you guys remember correctly not one of the interviews she did kind of clap back at tony storm and tony storm was trying to insinuate that at one of the things that one of the AEW post post pay per view media scrums and like Tony Storm was kind of like implying that Thunder Rosa was like wasn't really injured or some shit like that because like mm-hmm. that was one of the things going around about Rosa yeah. which was evidently bullshit because she was injured she was like she didn't get cleared for like a year um and uh, I remember Thunder Rosa did like an interview and she kind of like <laughs> clapped back at a few of like those narratives that were going around that about whole thing her. was sad man that was very messy yeah. very very messy um, I, I'm a big fan of Rosa. I'm a big fan of Rosa, and, uh, and as far as Britt Baker goes, not the biggest fan of her. Um, but she was once upon a time clearly the biggest star in that women's division. Uh, she's obviously a strong promo, especially when she wants to be. Um, <laughs> and it's just wild to see where she is now on Twitter, bitching about the world champion who's 
fucking like five years younger than him or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, just because she hasn't got a lot of TV uh, promo time, so I don't know. Wild, it's wild, 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 wild. Ibu's in the live chat, so everyone say hi to him. Um, God bless. Uh, Wilchism, it feels like Punk tried to bring Thunder Rosa back when he was booking and we haven't heard anything. That might be the reason behind like the whole Tony Khan office thing. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, um, yeah, CM Punk was a big fan of Thunder Rosa and did want... He wanted... He wanted um, he wanted a Fiend on Collision as well. There was a few women that he wanted on Collision that he wanted to, uh, you know, that he wanted to like spotlight more and fucking do some cool stuff with, you know. So, but obviously, some of it didn't happen, did it? <laughs> no. <laughs> so yeah, Britt Baker, Thunder Rosa, any of the others. It's uh, it's weird times. Any okay? Let's do a couple of injury updates. We're gonna talk about Sam Pong. Uh. Bandido's wrist, apparently he had to have another surgery on his wrist because uh, resulting from the previous surgery that he had on his wrist, which we was all expecting him back from, his bone didn't heal properly. So that's super unfortunate because, you know, he hasn't really had a chance to make a real splash in AEW. He's made great impressions, but he hasn't had a chance to like, really do anything of any substance. Um which is a shame. Like I know a lot of people, myself included, wanted him in his Continental Classic because obviously, like I just mentioned, like the impression was that he was expected to be back pretty soon, but clearly not. You know, uh, obviously he's going to be out for a little bit longer. Not sure how long. Uh, wrist injuries, hand injuries, are always quite weird, aren't they, John? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a but. He's like the amount of potential that dude has. He's really not even scratched the surface, and it's just you want to get him back rolling in the game, right? To be honest, Charlie, you you mentioned before before we went live, you talked about right, like being yeah. kind of bummed out about Bandido. So yeah, yeah, I was very bummed yeah. out when I saw the report earlier that he's going to be out even longer because he he's such a good luchador and he never mm. really got the chance to like fully show it in AEW. He's going to be so like over when he comes. He already was kind of over, but like when he yeah. comes back and really gets the ball rolling, he's going to be he's going to be one to watch in AEW. So. Hope he recovers well this time from this surgery and he can get back in the new year, man. I miss mm-hmm. watching Bandido wrestle. Yeah, he's great. Um, Sammy Guevara, obviously, congratulations to him and Tay Mello for having their first child. Yes. Uh, beautiful stuff there. But also, Sammy Guevara apparently is clear to return to action, according to Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio. He was cleared like last week or something, but of course, he stayed home with his pregnant girlfriend. Uh, Wife, they're married, wife. engaged, wife. married, married. married. Okay. Um, I only know they're married because I just remember a video of Tony Khan at the wedding. <laughs> That's yep. the only reason the, I remember that. One of the most incredible Tony Khan appearances ever. An yes. amazing video, legitimately. <laughs> but yeah, congratulations to them, of course, and uh, good news on Sammy Guevara's part because, of course, he's now been cleared. And um, in a very interesting, I guess, injury health update. Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb revealed in a video that she uploaded to Instagram that she suffered a series of free unprovoked seizures since last October. And for the longest time, couldn't actually figure out what was going on with her. She was getting tests. She was speaking to people and just couldn't figure out what was happening. Uh, she said being out of the ring was really like mentally challenging for her, a really tough time for her, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, just the general what was going on with her health was really like worrying. 
she says she never realised how many people in the world deal with seizures and she has a lot of empathy for them. But the good news is, and the news why she is making the video, is that she has, uh, she's been seeing a neuro, neuro, I can't get my words out, John. Neurologist. The good news is that she's been seeing her neurologist recently and told her that she is now recovered. He told her that she has now recovered and she says that she is now healthy and officially cleared to wrestle. There we go. Got there in the end. Great news. Great, great, great. Great. That's scary stuff, man. Very Super scary man. stuff. Very, very She's scary stuff. Tremendous, tremendous pro wrestler. And even beyond that, just on a on a human level, I'm just glad that the things are getting better. That was mm-hmm. that's that's crazy. Stuff like that's always a reminder when, when we do what we do of like there are some stories of where people are and absences that we don't know, and there's there's good reason yeah. for that. And you do have to sometimes, you know. Like it's easy to see her in like you know June and be like, where is Serena D? But she had much bigger concerns than you know what her next TV match yeah. was, right? So all the best, all the best. Absolutely, um, good news, good news, good news. Uh, and uh, I don't know, Joe, fill some dead air while I'm looking for something, please. Man. Okay, um, Charlie, are you excited for Christmas? I'm very excited. I have a, I'm I have a Hawaiian super shirt. Excited for Christmas. Yeah. No. When do you start? Do like, Christmas. do you? When is your date where you start getting ready? For, like, are you a December person or do you start before that? I'm interested. Um, me personally, I'm. Mm. I've already been in the Christmas mood. I bought a Christmas jumper today. I should Pro. do. Uh, mm-hmm. but for my family as a whole, we don't put our Christmas tree up until next weekend. Um, so the house yet isn't in a very Christmassy mood, but my Christmas you playlists are. have come out. Yeah, I've started yeah. listening to the music. Can't avoid it. I just love it. I've adjusted year. in recent years. I've adjusted to November twenty fifth being my like entry. You know, I have a full month to like, run up to it. Yeah. You know, I like to warm up. All thirty days. Yeah. See, <laughs> I started really early for like the last couple of years because being at uni, like I'll put my yeah. tree up in November because I go home in the middle of December. Like there was no point putting it up in December. You gotta make the most of it, you know. So yeah. I'd have it like I had it up in the podcast like all of November last year. Like a pro, good stuff. Real pros. Uh, Will Chisholm, four dollars. Appreciate you. Her tweet wouldn't look as bad if she said the women's division, not just her. P.S. Punk may get his stone cold, mate. I don't know. I think the tweet would look pretty bad anyway. Taking shots at two of the main talents on the show lately. Um, but yeah, either way, not great, is it? P.S. Punk may get his stone cold, mate. Yeah, we're going to get into that, brother. Uh, appreciate you. Hush, two dollars. Uh, what did Max do to trigger those bozos? I think I think a lot of it is rooted in jealousy, to be honest. Um, Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's yeah, yeah. What when Manny tweets about me? <laughs> yeah, that piece of shit. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, oh, that's scary. Right? The Ric Flair promo on Rampage. Uh, like I said earlier, he apparently he cut this really long promo. He's in the ring with Sting, and of course, the big quote coming out of it is that. Uh, Ric Flair said something something along the lines. Of course, we've only been able to get quotes of people who were there and stuff like that and have heard it, but apparently he said something along the lines of, like, all the women who are 18 to 28 with no boyfriends, no husbands, meet me at the hotel room. Showing a complete lack of awareness of, like... Actually, of course it is. It's fucking Ric Flair. How many times has he shown a lack of awareness, you know? Self-awareness. Um... 
of course, with everything, this isn't called satellite anyway. It's come, obviously, it comes off a lot quite perverted and creepy anyway. But it's just like coming from him with all like the kind of uh, negativity surrounding him coming into the promotion, and even just that negativity, negativity itself in a vacuum. You know, even if he wasn't coming into AEW, him saying such a thing, he's just so like wild. And uh, Charlie mentioned on Twitter earlier, but you would hope that there is at least some sort of disciplinary action for him for that because even if it doesn't even though it was a rampage typing and you would assume at least that he gets fucking cut out of there like maybe Ric Flair and Sting do say a couple words on rampage but you'd assume that the fucking that creepy line kind of just gets cut out of there um but yeah man Ric Flair even if you want to give him the benefit of the doubt which I wouldn't entirely recommend with some of the things going against him uh even giving him the benefit of the doubt here is just like, he, he just makes it harder and harder and harder for people that do try and give him a chance to own a job. Yeah, he's a child, man. He's never, uh, he never takes responsibility for anything. and He never has to because wrestling promoters always bow him out. So he just, he just continues to be Ric Flair to the point where it's like actively embarrassing. But it'll never change because... He got given a contract at 74 years old just because. So it's like, again, I said earlier, it's, you can't, if you're one of the people that was involved in that decision, you cannot, you cannot under any circumstances tell me you're surprised today. He's the most, when he was on WWE TV, he would say weird shit and they micromanage every word. He's, he's, that's who he is. You know, he always, always like he has no awareness of, of what he can and can't say. He has no, he makes no attempt to take responsibility for who he's been and the, and the mistake. Like he's just it's a child. And you just enable him and let him talk on TV. He's going to do, that's what he's going to do. He's going to embarrass you. So. Yeah, like I said, even still, like, even with everything that's got against him, even as recently, it's like, even if you're one of the people who, like, you know, if you're uh, Tony Khan, like, if you're Tony Khan, you want to give him the benefit of the doubt, even against your better judgment and against what I'm sure a few people have advised you. And I know wrestlers are wrestlers, and I'm sure half the locker room are probably popping for the idea of him coming in. But um, even if you're like a Tony Khan type who has tried to give him the benefit of the doubt, which, like I said many times, I, I wouldn't recommend doing, but even if you have, he just makes it impossible for you with things like fucking last night, you know, I and mean, it's just. You know, it's just it's just enabling. You know, it's just kind of it's just not cool, man. It's not. You know, I don't want to spend too much on it, Charlie. I don't know if you want to throw you throw anything in, but it's just it's just. I have uh, a whole lot to say on Twitter earlier. So, um, people are trying to justify it with the oh, it's just a throwback to the sort of thing that he used to say. It's like okay, he's not in his thirties anymore. He's seventy-four years old, aiming the quote at people that are young enough to be his children. Like, if you don't see anything wrong with that, then Grandchildren. maybe... You, exactly. Like, if you don't see what's wrong with that, you need to do some self-reflection, frankly. Um, I never wanted Ric Flair in the company. I've been low on this since it happened. And it's he's just proven exactly why he should never have been given a chance. So I hope Tony Khan at least uh, does some dis- disciplinary action. Because otherwise, if you keep turning a blind eye on stuff like this, then... What are your actual talent going to do? If this was, like, one of your actual talent that went out and said shit like that, people would be calling for him to be fired. Like, I don't know. It, it really pisses me off that yeah. people think that it's okay just because it's Ric Flair. It's never okay. Well, that's the issue. It's people 
for whatever reason, to make themselves feel better. Ric Flair fans feel the need to explain him or defend him. And there is no, there's, there's no defending it. He has actively conceded and admitted most of the things he's done. He used to brag about them for years. There's no, no one hired behind here. That's who he is. And if people want to look the other way, and I've, like I've said this before, like Ric Flair is a, a very complex case for a lot of us because a lot of us have a huge connection to his work. And so a lot of us would rather look the other way. That doesn't that doesn't mean you need to be going to someone like Charlie's mentions being like, well, actually, no, what the fuck yeah. are you doing? You know, that's that's the thing to me. It's like, look, Tony Khan has brought him in. If you want to just sit and watch his TV segments and enjoy them for what they are, you can do whatever you want. Turning that into your own defense of what he did or didn't do or what he did or didn't say when he is he is like, come on, you know, <laughs> there's no debate to be had here. That's who he is. It's perfect to me. So, yeah, it's. It's annoying because we're talking about something that's like you could see this come from a mile away. It's like running into a brick wall, you know? It's like yeah. I was honest, you know, we were all on shows when it got announced and we all said this is what's going to happen and then here we are a month later. And it's like Rick Flair's is something creepy. I tweeted when he got signed that wrestling companies are oh. us nothing but a safe environment to watch the shows in. And stuff like this it's just like you shouldn't let it fly because it's not a safe environment for women to go to these shows and i know people are going to say that's dramatic but it's not in the grand scheme of things there's no reason to say it's dramatic because yes there's nothing dramatic about that's who he is and if you look at his post in response to it he does what you always do he's now the victim yeah i'm 74 let me enjoy my i mean come on get a grip you know and that's the issue is everyone just everyone encourages it you know, all the wrestling greats are underneath that post, wishing him the best and wishing him well. It's um, honestly, and we have fun here, but these are the stories that really give you a, a reality check on what this industry is. Seriously, mm-hmm. you know, how little people really care. It's a shame. Yeah, so it's, it's a, you know, like I said, even even with like, all the things in consideration, even say it's impossible, so even trying giving the benefit of the doubt now, but. With all that said, but why would you give him a live mic, bro? That's yes. Like, I know, I know, I know. Rampage tapes and stuff, but it's like Jesus Christ, man! Like, you see, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, all of it is, mate. All of it is. And it's like I would like nothing more than to not have to talk about it. But there is such an inability to control for him to control himself and for people in wrestling to control him that we just keep going in circles with this dude's fucking behavior at seventy-four years old. <clears throat> 74, ridiculous. you know? Ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's what it is. It's just ridiculous. Um, he's all heart $2. Appreciate it. This furthers my derby is the best pillar agenda. Uh, I'm assuming that was on the conversation of yeah. the like and tweets. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, Will Chisholm, appreciate you. Um Five dollars. So the real reason why Adam Cole will turn on MJF will not be for the title, but you got more promos on than my girl. Lol. <laughs> Grilled is incredible, God. by the way. <laughs> six star one ninety nine. Appreciate you as always. Much love to six star. Uh, traditional Joe Hall, but brought the feeling back. He's the man. He's Respect. the fucking man. Appreciate you know what can I say? Talking about bringing the feeling back. CM Punk. Uh, 
<laughs> he brought back a lot of feelings this week. I, had, I, I haven't had like seen a this promo. Charlie, I'm to, I swear to you, I was like riding a wave. I felt like I was on drugs for like two <laughs> days after he debuted. And with mm-hmm. a five-minute promo, I, I, I was over. I was like, I'm done. I'm already done with Raw. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I Honestly, going through that with like the circle of us that care about Punk, because those that don't, mm-hmm. I get it, but like some of us did. It was incredible. And then when we all got some sleep, we all came back better for it and was like, okay, we can reset. Steve Austin, you know. But that Monday night promo was in, was a moment. We all experienced that, and it was like, wow, what a night. Yeah, it was an interesting promo, absolutely. I was asleep and woke up to some very, very funny tweets. I'm very jealous because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a mess out there. Anyway, um, obviously, it's CM Punk's first week in WWE, so there's been quite a few. It's pretty much daily lately with CM Punk. Uh, one of them being, uh, according to Fightful, Higher-ups have told some talent in WWE that CM Punk has a behaviour clause in his contract. Um, obviously, this has not been confirmed as of yet, but that is what some higher-ups are telling some WWE talent. So, you would, it's got to have some weight to it, you know, you would assume. Um, yep. It'd be a weird thing for the higher-ups to lie to the talent about. But yeah, CM Punk having a behaviour clause in his contract, I uh, don't think anyone's surprised. I'm not. <laughs> it's kind of implied smart, anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it is smart, but it's also kind of like, I mean, it's kind of implied that you try not to like have fist fights and stuff at work, you know? Yeah. Ideally. Yeah. It's in my WrestlePurist contract. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. We have to put it in there after the worldwide incident with me. <laughs> um. <laughs> it is super silly. Like, the, the headline is incredible, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it kind of it makes sense, even if it is like a special clause, you know, or whatever the, the punk clause. <laughs> Forty-five years old with a specific clause in his contract. God bless. Did you see? I know you You're see a promo, Charlie. There was a report on on uh, Tuesday, and I don't mind you know who had it, but it was like how punk was backstage. He's like he was friendly. Got on very well. Yeah. Like, it was his first day. <laughs> yeah, I did see. That. <laughs> I know, like, look, I know he's punk, but like. Obviously, he's not going to have a fist fight on night one. You know, I mean, give it some time, let him build up to it. Well, you know, he has his. Let him find some foes. Let him map yeah. out his. You know, let him find his his allies. He's he can see in a room with us in theory. That's one I don't mind. Let let him have yeah. a pop at him. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Please have Charlie live react to Steen's answer on Punk. Oh, did, oh that was awesome. Did, did he comment on him? He got yeah, it's like he got asked about Randy and Punk, and on the Punk one, he just goes, "I want to have fun at work, and if you know if he wants to do that, then good." No, he, <laughs> his face said so much. There was like such anguish in his eyes, you know. Like, he's oh, like, oh. fucking best. Yeah, what a real wrestler. Oh, he's awesome. I wish that was the feud. I wish mm. that was the feud. Okay. Yeah, I think if you're gonna do the like, we don't want you here feud with Punk. Mm-hmm. I would much prefer to see KO do that than Seth, but obviously it's... he's there, Eddie. Right? I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I think I think to the WWE audience, I think they're more aware of Seth's disdain for CM Punk over the years. Yeah, but Seth's just so he's over Seth. the top, and because of um, I agree. Punk's I, I, so I, love. You know how I feel about <laughs> Seth. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I know how you feel about Seth. I, I... Like it's gonna put Seth in a position where it might force a heel turn on him again, 
because they the WWE crowd's not going to build. They're not going to boo Punk no matter what he does. So mm. they need to play it carefully. And K, I think KO is the slot into that position. Yeah, they definitely do need to play it carefully. Hundred percent. Yeah, but Seth think... will if he doesn't get his way. We have seen this. You know, I think I think the way that Triple H told Seth was probably very artisty. You know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Seth. You main event in Mania, night one. Seth's mm. like, fucking yeah, let's fucking get it. Beating his chest, screaming and gorilla like he always does, you know. And then uh, he asks who with. <laughs> you know, CM Punk, mate, I, you know. I genuinely Enjoy. think the reason it's Seth is, and this is pure guesswork, but I believe it. I think they know the one person he would like to play over the least is Seth Rollins. And so you start mm. there and work backwards. Because it tells the whole locker room that if Punk's going to play ball, he's, you know, he's, here, he's here to play ball. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I say I with confidence, it. he would rather get pinned by Kevin Owens on pay than Seth Rollins. Oh, confidently. <laughs> yes. I think, so I think you, there's some names, yeah. there's some probably some disgusting names on that list of people. Yes. Punk would rather be pinned by. Luke Gallows. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, that's the, that's the, uh, for WWE, that's the benefit of what they have here, right? That's the luxury they have because they don't need Punk. There's like, do you want to do business? Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's a huge benefit to them. They don't need him. So that's why the pi- the power dynamic is kind of different and why it may work. Hopefully it does work. I'd like Punk to have a great run in WWE. Whether he will or not, time will tell. We're only one promo in, so it's a bit early to say. <laughs> yeah, Sports Illustrated revealed that Seth Rollins is planned to be Punk's first feud in WWE. But they also reported that there is plans for a Roman Reigns feud down the line. They didn't mm. say when. They didn't say mania or anything like that. I didn't say, like I said, I didn't say when, but it doesn't surprise anyone, does it? Roman versus CM Punk sounds like very big business. Right. I'm not surprised, but it being like put out there in that kind of story is interesting, I think, because it's not saying that I saw on the horizon immediately, you know? So I'm not saying it is, but it's just was interesting it was out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, man, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of big name feuds. That gonna, I think all of them are going to be like blockbuster feuds, aren't they? You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, what else we got? CM Punk is internally listed as a free agent, according to PW Insider, which I think is the right thing to do. Um, yeah. CM Punk, man, you know. Aldis won't stand for that for long, mate. He'll be on the phone, putting deals together, making trades. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no, yeah, there's no reason when they have a collision on Tuesday. I don't think it's live. At, hmm, it, oh, if they'd had a live collision on Tuesday and they threw Punk on fucking NXT, that would have been the funniest thing they could have done. NXT Punk is just cinema. It would have been that, comedy. PC Coming coach Punk in, 20, <laughs> in 2013. With a tracksuit on. Yeah. Like Vern Gagne. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine, listen, we laugh, we laugh like this now. But imagine if we, imagine if you would have said to like, maybe we're a little, well, we definitely are a little bit wrong. But imagine if you said to someone who was like a big wrestling fan in like the ninety, the mid nineties, yeah, and you shown them Shawn Michaels now, <laughs> that would have probably, probably collapsed. <laughs> probably fell over. <laughs> If, you, if I was there in 1995 and I saw Shawn Michaels, you show me what he looked like in 2023, I would be horrified. Like the, the thought of what I would look like, that's all I would think about is what am I going to look like? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Happens to the best of them. <laughs> oh, man. 
Love them both. Sure, that Paul. Um, <laughs> he's entirely listed as a free agent. Uh, his raw return, of course, it drew a fucking huge, bigger than we was expecting on Worldwide before uh, before the show happened. It was up 400,000 from the previous week in terms of viewership. It was the highest viewership since August 7th, and it was the highest 18 to 49 rating since post-Mania Raw. So he drew huge, and that is worth noting as well, because that they were uh, Monday Night Football, brother. You know, football Got season. Watch, bro. Yeah. Yeah, man. No. Shame the show weren't any good, really. <laughs> Genu- genuinely, though, like it really is, you know. Yeah, it's weird, man. Like, because Triple H generally, if you go back and look, post pay per view, he does do those kind of reset TVs where he kind of, this was not the week for, he should have gone, he should have gone balls to war with this week. I know they're confident and they feel good about their business, but like, if you'd had a really good show this week, you'd have me convinced that maybe I should give it a try again next week. Mm-hmm. instead it was an immediate reminder of like no i'm best to just pick out stuff that interests me afterwards you know like that, that was a, a miss for sure and punk's promo being kind of cookie car doesn't help either because if punk had said something crazy it'd be like well at least that it was worth the wait punk just did like a you know first dance kind of reboot so sorry mm. Yeah, it was kind of... Well, it wasn't even it that, was, mate. It was... He had some... Joe's being kind. <laughs> well, it's weird, because when I rewatched it, it's like... It has, he had some cute lines that you could tell he'd... But the bits between those lines felt like he was kind of just drifting aimlessly. It didn't... I don't know. I was talking to him about it. Um, and I decided to put my... My kind of, like, final conclusion on it. <laughs> Because I didn't quite drive myself as insane as he was. Um, well, I was talking to this about. Um, I was talking to Ibu about this kind of. I think it was like backstage after he'd done his raw review with Rob or before. And it was like, at the end of the day, if you just look at it on like a script, like a transcript of what he said, you know, it's an absolutely fine, borderline, like good promo for pretty much any returning WWE legend to cut on their first promo back. But mm-hmm. It's CM Punk, bro. Yeah, he's <laughs> you know not, we don't yeah. we don't want that from CM Punk. And when you add in the right. context of what people may have been expecting from CM Punk, oh, what's he gonna say? Look, that was a feeling going into it. Oh, what's he gonna say? And he basically just done, as Joe said, a pretty cookie cutter, generic WWE legend returns to Raw, and he was just kind of like, oh, so there you go. Like in the context of it being CM Punk and all the situation law that revolves around that. It was not the promo to do, but like I said, if you just look at yeah. the transcript on a piece of paper and it was fucking Edge or someone, you know, then it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. but it was just the wrong person saying that, you know. There was also, this is not even about punk so much as like, there was just something incredibly weird about how much he felt like just part of like their system immediately. Yeah, because yeah. they they overproduce their stuff to such like the visual of it. You know the way they do their lighting for promos. They can't just let someone talk. It has to have like a like a tin, and it has to. Yeah, and it just felt to me the goal with Punk would have been you don't want him to you want him to feel like the opposite of that you want him to actually feel like a complete outlaw, a renegade. Yeah, which isn't far from the truth. Let's be honest. In terms of the way that people perceive him, he's a, he's a, he's a wild man to a lot of the wrestling public. And instead, he immediately felt like just like. Part of the family. Oh, Joe, Which... you know what we got to talk about as well? What's that, mate? Ibu getting texts like an hour before Raw 
from people in AEW being like, yeah, people in AEW think CM Punk's just going to go scorched off on AEW, da da da. That was a legitimate, someone brought it up, like Ibu said that he was going to say certain things. Ibu didn't say, he said that people in AEW were worried and expected CM Punk yes. to say X, Y, and Z. And obviously he didn't say X, Y, and Z. So it's hilarious to think of like AEW talents and Tony Khan sitting around thinking, fuck, what's he going to say? <laughs> and he goes out there and he's just like, I'm home. Like, Oh, God. God bless. Yeah, God bless. it never did. I must say, like, we got kind of swept up in the hype, but it would be very unlike them to have a guy do that promo because their approach is always the stuff outside of WWE doesn't exist. You know exactly. Yeah, it's too big. Yeah. They're too big for it. It's yeah. too beneath them. You know. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was a, it. Was an interesting Monday evening. Um, elsewhere in CM Punk news, there's more of it. People, uh, Brian Danielson reportedly headed disciplinary committee that um, eventually fired CM Punk from AEW. This is a fight for select report. And uh, I believe it's something that our very own Ibu had heard months prior. But, of course, we only started doing, like, exclusive reports, like, last week. So, it mm-hmm. was because it was, like, back then, it wasn't exactly something that, um, you know, like, oh, let's report this from two months ago or whenever the fuck it was, you know. But, um yeah, this is something where we was aware of. Brian Danielson headed the disciplinary committee that got rid of Punk, and he's still heading said disciplinary committee in AEW, and apparently he's been responsible of handing out some fines in AEW. Don't know who to. But, um, yeah, Brian Danielson laying down the law, Charlie. God bless. What a real wrestler. If there's anyone in that locker room you want in that role, he's the person, because he's going to be the most level-headed about it. And the reactions on Twitter yesterday were fucking ridiculous. Like, oh. like he's not going to give someone, like, in the position he was in with this whole punk thing, he's not going to turn around and say, well, he's my buddy, so I'm just going to say you should keep his job. Like, that's not who Brian is as a person, like, from what we see of him, like, in media scrums, doing interviews, like, as a character on TV, like, he never gives off that sort of vibe. So I don't know why anyone's shocked that he was on this committee, to be honest. Tony Khan loves him, so... Mm-hmm. I love Tony him, too. Khan, uh... Me, too. It's very real. <laughs> I do, too. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Tony Khan thinks so highly of him. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, I think that's it. I think that's even came out as, like... Put, even, like, publicly, I think that's easy to pick, on, pick yeah. up on. Like, uh, ever, I think most recent examples of it would have been when it kind of started getting up at Collision, was uh, something that Brian Danielson would be more involved with creatively and stuff. Uh, Tony Khan did speak on it, and he was just talking about like just how much he values Brian Danielson and how highly he thinks of him. And uh, I know Tony kind of does that with everyone, but like with this, it kind of he was a. Uh, you could feel it, you know. You could feel it, brother. He he fucking adores Brian Danielson, like many of us do. So. Yeah, it's not it's not the biggest surprise. A lot of people have asked, like, what was a wrestler on the committee? And it's like this is the case in a lot of different yeah. fields, you know, like you take a high ranking member of someone who's in the field, in the thick of it, and you have them on the committee to kind of give that perspective, you know. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with it to be honest. Especially when it's someone like Danielson, you know, it's like Yeah, people just feel the need to relitigate the punk AW thing like over and over and over again, you know, and it's just Mm-hmm. I'll put it this way. I think in the end, <laughs> things ended up where folks intended them to. You know, I don't, I don't yeah. think Punk got that news in September and was like, 
Fuck. I had so much left to do on collision. Yeah? I don't think so. <laughs> In uh, the last the last update, we mentioned that he's got plans for uh, wrestling Roma. He's got plans for wrestling Seth Rollins. And apparently, WWE sources, according to Fightful Select, are very optimistic of the possibility of CM Punk versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, a genuine dream match. I think that word gets thrown around way, way too much these days, and I'm not mad at anyone for it, but when when matches like this pop up, potential matches like this pop up, and it seems like they may actually be realistic somewhat, um, this, this this is what dream. That's what the the term was made for. You know, this is a real dream match, Joel. But... Oh yeah, and I've always been bullish on this. Right, we've talked about it a lot. Like you have, yeah. I just thought this made all the sense in the world. Austin was clearly in shape to work last year, and there wasn't an opponent that made sense for him. The Punk thing is natural. They can have a total smoke and mirrors match. You know, I, I just think this thing makes sense. Now, look, how good is it going to be? I don't know. I don't really care anymore. I mean, it is what it is, right? It's, it's a spectacle. I'm more intrigued as to how this comes together from an angle point of view, right? How do you shoot the angle for this? What do the promos look like? Those are the things that intrigue me. The match itself, I'm pretty confident they can find a way to, to do this thing because it only takes some crowd brawling, Mm-hmm. Nice, just a single sequence into a stunner. Like we saw it with Kevin, right? And as great as Kevin is, who and Kevin is great, this will have a different type of atmosphere because Punk obviously brings his own like the, the punk thing that he comes yeah. with, you know, at this point. So uh yeah, I I'm super into this, even if I know like you know, there's there's a huge gap between floor and ceiling on this, I think it's fair to say, because Steve, how old is Steve now? Right? He's is he 60? I don't think he's 60 yet. Uh, Stone Cold, Steve, Austin. Gotta be close, man. Um, Gotta be close. close. Why is this uh, taking so long? It's like an old man on my phone. (laughs) Oh, I've told you Stone Cold, Steve, Austin. He's showing me a Steve Austin midfielder. As in football, oh my God. what the fuck? Hey, chat, he's fifty-eight. Chat he's fifty-eight. He's fifty-eight, and Punk is not a spring chicken, right? Fair to say. Um, he's fifty-nine in two weeks, not just yeah. over three weeks. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think until you, until you see otherwise, I think you got to trust these these old fuckers to figure it out. You know, I'm excited, especially bro. especially fucking Steve, bro. After what he did with Owens at Mania, it's like yeah, there's nothing takes, there's, yeah. there's nothing that we've seen to write him off other than he's old. Well, like, yeah, he looked mm-hmm. old against Owens, but it was fucking bees. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. He didn't do a lot. He did take a suplex, but like you know, yeah, he takes yeah. his legacy too seriously. I think to do something that's not. You know, oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm I'm pretty confident. Charlie, does it does it move you at all? It's interesting. It pops me. There you go. I, I, I would watch it. Yeah, I'd absolutely watch it. Pop me huge. Um, I don't really care what Punk does in WWE for the most part. I don't watch the product. He's not my problem anymore. I don't <laughs> like. I don't really care anymore. But there's a few things that would pop me, and a Stone Cold Steve Austin match would pop me. It'd be great. 
Charlie, would you like to share your uh, your take on when you first saw CM no, Punk no, Baby? No, no, I'm quite okay with my take on this. Oh, I'll let you off this call. I have a account for things for a reason. I assume you As celebrate it. Oh, I did. I was celebrating something. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the the okay. people that know, they know. I know. If you know, you know. Uh, if you know, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, like I said, a few CM Punk, a few CM Punk updates. Um, we got a few super chats as well. I think we're pretty much wrapped up. You know, we've been over two two hours thirty. You know, these uh these British sound waves for our American friends. I'm sure yeah. they sure they love the accents. You know, why does everyone want my attention? What's happening? <laughs> I don't know. Someone get someone... Is he is he calling me or something? Joe, he has something to tell you. He hasn't messaged me or anything. What's he talking about? Joe, I'm granting you permission to share some of the pictures on the bill to this. Um, does that mean we have to pull up the chat now? Joe, would you like to deliver this? It's your name as the person that. Uh... <laughs> And to be clear, before I do this, I don't want to get anyone in trouble. We're not talking about my pitches, I say. <laughs> because I don't want to, I want to be very careful what I do here. Very careful. Anyway, please confirm what pitch you're suggesting without saying exactly the pitch you're suggesting. And then I will deliver it best I, I can. I think I know what pitch he's talking about. The presser, right? That's the only thing that you pitched, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Um, it has been suggested Steve Austin announced his involvement in WrestleMania for a, a press conference. And maybe, just maybe, our friend CM Punk interrupts that press conference and causes a scene laying down the challenge for WrestleMania. That's been suggested. Now, the idea of a Steve Austin press conference is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. So I assume instead it will just be like a backstage vignette. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they have enough support that I think that maybe will actually settle on. Um, being an arsehole, of course, my suggestion was the punk uses this to get out doing a job to Seth. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's settled. So, yeah, the idea was a press conference and, and you know, like it's about Austin saying I'm going to wrestle at WrestleMania 40 and then punks, punks crashes the scene, which I think would be really yeah. cool. And it has it's, it's different too, right, the setting and such. So, yeah, I like it a lot. God bless, man. We'll really be eating. We'll be eating good if we get something like that, you know. Um, I, I want to be clear because I know like there's different audiences watch the shows, but you know, I, I didn't like Punk's promo much on Monday. I'm totally convinced once he does feuds, he'll be fine. You know, I think we both in that stance, right, Money? Like, no, I, think, fans I, is, like, just, I think it'll be I fine wish... once he has someone to talk shit to. I think there's like three different elements going into why that promo was the way it was. And we don't need to get into it all again because they did the Raw review on Tuesday. Um, and we just kind of talked about it briefly, but I don't know, maybe something after the show, you know. Um, yeah, so this is super chats. Uh, Joe Hulbert, we have Joe Hulbert and Charlie here with the super chats. God bless. Uh, hush two dollars. What happened with Seth Rollins, CM Punk? What's the law? I don't know. He would, <laughs> I can't tell you. Seth was a pretty big fan, and uh, didn't he explain it when he did that interview where he got very mad? Didn't he explain it? I don't know. 
he did, he did explain it, but it's more just like, it's not like the Kevin Owens, you know, it's not like there's like one incident, mm-hmm. you know, it's more yeah. so just kind of a, obviously now they're all working, but obviously there's probably some real feelings there, but whatever the fuck, you know, it's not, um, it's not like they had a fight at Ring of Honor or anything like that, you know, um, well, Chisholm for dollars, Punk versus Roman, sounds like, well, please brother, free freed. He, he, I don't mind the odd typo, but like when when like it's split up into three words and shit, like, <laughs> you got come on, brother. This is why this is why when I'm trying to read something that makes sense out, I'll get messed <laughs> up and mumble more words because I'm in the mode of trying to you know figure <laughs> out Will Chisholm's own language. Enough love for enough love for Will though, five dollars. Yeah. Punk versus Roman sounds like a SummerSlam match next year. It is funny how as soon as Cena left, Punk came back. The God said you can't get that rematch. I wouldn't try yeah. and run that back anyway. Cena's not a very good wrestler. Yes, <laughs> this version of Cena with uh, CM Punk. He was never a good oh. wrestler, but he's downright awful now. That so. would be very unfortunate in this point. I mean, he's. It's just I have very strong feelings on Cena. I don't even know. If, I don't watch Cena. I don't watch Cena and think he's awful, but I just find him incredibly funny. You know? Yeah. The dramatic selling. Everyone just loves him as well, which just kind of adds to the comedy of it. You know? Everyone just fucking loves him, even though he does nothing in there. <laughs> what a beast. Um. Losing fault one nine nine appreciate it. Punk versus idiot on NXT. Hmm. Punk would not survive that match. God bless. Oh, he'd, he'd get some. He'd get some sick kick out of it. Then not wrestle again for like six months. <laughs> <laughs> God bless. Um, I'd love really to see a dragon off from NXT. Yeah, man, definitely. Pierce. Um, <laughs> Four ninety nine. I think Ric Flair, a legend, is a legend of the business and should be respected by everyone. Space Mountain, baby. Woo. Joey, much love. Come by the house again soon. That's very Fair. nasty. A pair of those things like that. It's just... Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. GN, £5 appreciate it. CM Punk's promo was passive-aggressive and hypocritical. He certainly played Ossess promo about Punk being a hypocrite. Seeds were planted. I think that's fair and I hope it's right. The only reason I'm not going in that direction until it's actively spelled out for me is because... There was a lot of that last year before the Hangman thing, and I can't do it again. The whole double or nothing build, I was like, this, this is all very strange. And I was like, well, yeah, he's turning heel. It's like, he wasn't. <laughs> so I think you may be correct. I hope you're correct. As we said all along, Punk makes more sense as a heel in, in WWE because they have so many baby faces. I just, you know, for now, I'm just judging it on Facebook. I didn't think it was a very good promo. That's all. Bendy's in $2. Has Punk got a promo level promo post brawl out? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I liked the collision I, one. The I like the yeah the collision one with, with the trophy when he's on the outside. That one was really good. I meant the the uh, the like the first one he cut. You know, when he had the bag. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, the of bag. Course. Yeah, the the counterfeit box and uh, <laughs> the bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that was pretty good. That was a good promo. Uh, then I, I, in terms of just like obviously that's kind of like a layup though, isn't it? You know, well, we would have thought that on Monday as well, but he only got six minutes and fuck it, and it wasn't amazing. But um, that was kind of a layup as well in that sense. Um, but yeah, I really liked, I really liked the the Owen promo that he got. That was good. Really, yeah. really liked that. 
and he's kind of walking around the outside and he's talking to the fans and shit. Like he just he's special, man. Um so it's say what you want about criticisms or us about Pug, you know, in twenty twenty three especially, even though he's in ring work or whatever. But promos, I just don't think that's one that uh Look, man, you'll, you'll get very far with, you know. He is a dude who cut a five minute promo and he's been discussed for four straight days and analyzed in hundred and fifty different ways. Now it's the CM Punk experience. You love him, hate him. Everyone feels some type of way about him and they get very, very passionate about it. I've been accused this week of being both a CM Punk fanatic and hater all at once. People tell you shit very seriously. He make you know, that's the way he, he's connected with folks. So he's unique in that way, he's special. Yep. Merry Christmas. Oh, choosing five dollars. We know Stone Cold is way more open to job to punk than Seth. I mean, is not, bro. You could book Francis and Garner and have him do a cage match, and he's going to win that match. Steve, Steve Austin ain't putting no one over. I'll be stunned. He's hitting him with a stunner and pinning him, brother. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Damn, my 99 appreciate. Guys, a Tiger driving 98 and WWE TV was crazy. Yeah, they're great recently, man. I, I really like the guys. Um, they're just, they're just really good. Look, God, um, Angel Garza himself is like. Just really good. Humberto oh, Carrillo was uh, he's really came along since being not since when he first showed up on the main roster, and um, ever since he's turned heel as well, he's really found like a good mode in it. You know, mm-hmm. um, he'd be talked about a bit more extensively. I think at the start of the week on Worldwide, um, or maybe it was last week. I don't know. We've done a lot of parts recently. Hush two dollars. Appreciate it. who's taking Punk's bookshot or one winged angel? <laughs> I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll do it. I don't, I don't think he'd do it, but it'd probably be Seth, to be honest. Yeah. One winged angel on Kevin Owens would be very funny. Uh, <laughs> very, very <laughs> I don't think he'll do that, though. I don't think the, the bookshot Larry, I, I won't recommend it <laughs> after the last few mm. weeks. <laughs> Not an easy one to land, mate. Um, he struggled. <clears throat> Yeah, so even like, like Logan Paul does it as kind of one of his signature moves, and mm-hmm. so like, even when every time he does it, it's not, it's not as like smooth no. or fluid. Like Hangman's done it probably a thousand times. You know, you know? He used to do that move, money. Go on, the machine gun, Collins. <laughs> <laughs> he really did. I swear. I know. That's why I just go on, get, get it off. You know. <laughs> Yeah, nonetheless, uh, Will Chisel five dollars. The way people talk about Punk's promo is how they thought Cody was teasing a heel in turning AEW. Yeah, so Joe mentioned like the weirdness that was in the Hangman feud as well. So people always do this when a promo isn't quite what they want it to be. I guess to try and think of like how it Same. could be. <laughs> you know, it's kind of right. I hope I hope he's I hope that's exactly the idea. Is that he's like you know setting everyone up and playing being phony. I hope so. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying that it's not how I, you know, I'm currently looking at. Maybe something that they could just do now anyway. Exactly. You know, it's yeah. like, that's how wrestling works. It's like you can something can be not a work and then it becomes one. Yeah. Um, I still think they're a more interesting one. Even if that's direct, the direction, I still think it would have just been more competitive if you just <laughs> went straight with the juggernaut and said, fuck Seth Rollins. Yeah. <laughs> Me personally. Like, the idea of Punk getting a mic and just going completely nuts and 
you know. That's what I thought was coming, man. Like, honestly, like, that's part of the thing that kind of threw me off as well. Because when he was like, everyone's happy to see me, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, when he when he was like, you know, everyone's happy to see me, yada yada yada, and he's doing all that, I'm home, blah 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 blah. But when he was like, everyone's happy to see me, or almost everybody, I thought he was just gonna be like, Yeah, fuck Seth Rollins, pussy. You know? <laughs> If, I'll be honest, that show sucked. If you'd have said that, I'd have charged into the streets with a raw banner and waved it for the rest of the day. You know? Would have been seated for next week. I would have. Yeah, like, and if he, he could have even, he could have even, like, directed everything he said just at Ryan's, like, he's insecure, yeah. I'm the best in the world, and I'm going to take the belt off him, da, 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 you know what I mean? Like, he did hint at, like, to, to be fair to people that are saying it in the chat, he did hint at those elements, right, when he talked about, yeah. you know, some people will never, and he was obviously talking about Seth. So yeah, I I would love nothing more for that to be the direction. Either way, the conclusion is for anyone who's not aware of where I generally stand on this, I think I speak for both Monty and myself. Both of us are pretty confident that like, you know, this thing's gonna this thing's gonna be the same we enjoy. So I'm optimistic. He's very good. And I will people say, he the one thing people haven't considered with this is that he's debuted in like November. Like, they have time to fill before they can start the feud yeah. properly. So yeah. they should have just had someone interrupt and just do a quick short feud just to fill the time before the Rumble or whatever. Because it's yeah. kind of put him in a position. He's just going to be cutting these meandering promos, it seems like, for the next few weeks. So enjoy. But... I think it's an example of... Let's say, for example, let's just say that he's going to be playing this character where he's a fake babyface, which I think is a natural way to go with it because everyone, when he said he's home, everyone was like, oh, come on, you know? <laughs> I think this is an example of maybe, if that is the case, Triple H having a plan where he wants to go, and we know he likes to build gradually these things and take his time. Mm-hmm. I do think there's an argument that for the first promo, they should have done something more momentous and then go into that story. Now, what that is, I don't know. Um, but like, I, I think this may be an example, say in four weeks, that's the direction they're taking. We may say that was good. I wonder if there's something different they could have done for the first week, but oh, yeah, we, you know, we'll see when the picture becomes clearer, we'll be able to kind of adjust it and figure it out. But, um, again, I go back to it. The fact that we're talking about this five minute promo, this length, you know, is, it's yeah. kind of the point, yeah. right? That's, that's what he does. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is what he does. And it's like, you know, yeah. it's, uh, I think it's so to say it was in terms of for where Punk's bar is, I think it's pretty, you know, I think it's controversial to say this was a bit of a miss mm-hmm. to say the least, you know, but, um, you know, Joe, Joe talked about it earlier, like the, uh, the night it happened, like the reaction to it from like CM Punk fans like himself. Ibu had like an absolute meltdown. I had to, I nearly had to pull him to a side, but it was like five in the morning. I didn't have the energy for it because I would have just got mad. But, like people were having like panic attacks and stuff. Like honestly, like you guys know I love CM Punk. Coming out of that, I was just kind of like, well, that was a miss, and I'm sure next week will be great. You know, I'd get. Mm-hmm. I, I think I said it on a. It can't have been a show. I must have said it backstage review or something. Like, I would, I would just fucking have him on SmackDown, man. Try again. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Just rerun it. Rules <laughs> I, did, again. I did crash on Tuesday morning. I was like... Because there's so many friends of mine who've not... Uh, 
who have not been watching weekly wrestling and came back in for that and was like, this fucking sucks. I was like, well, I guess it does. <laughs> you know, again, if he, if he did that at the end of a show that rocked, it would, the vibe would have been very different. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you reckon he's yeah. in the rumble or would he just have a match at the rumble? I think, I think he's wrestling. I think wrestling Seth. Yeah. I think Mania is stone cold. Oh, what yeah. hilarious sentence. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, no, just to, I guess, my prediction the same as Joe's. Seth at Rumble. Um, Steve at Mania. Roman yep. at... SummerSlam? Probably, but... Roman's, I feel like Roman's going to turn babyface <laughs> once he drops the belt. That'll be interesting. I don't think he is. Really? No. Nah. I completely understand it. I completely understand it. I completely understand the logic behind it. And I think it's sound logic. And I think it's something that absolutely could work. But I don't think it's going to be something that he does in 2024. I think Paul Lee's going to trade him in and have Solo kill him. And then they'll do like a program. Whether it'll be good or not, I don't know. But I just think that's what they'll do. Paul Lee's going to ditch him for, uh, for Punk. Yeah. <laughs> How the dangerous you, alliance. How would you, yeah, how would you mm. even explain that though? Because like, if it was someone like Bram Breaker or even a solo, you can yeah. be like, oh, Paul, Paul's just attaching himself to the young, fitter, stronger. Da, 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 da. Like, you can do all that with it, especially Bram Breaker. Like, that would actually probably be quite awesome. But um, with City of Punk, <laughs> just... you can't. Yeah. <laughs> Punk and Paul Lee's more interesting than doing a promo head to head, to be honest. Probably, you know, the idea of like you do the Roman feud and you get the head to head promo, and man, that's that's compelling. That could be interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Who do you think wins the Rumble? So I'm just I'm just curious. I don't talk about WWE ever. So I think it's I think it's Gunter. I think you'll be happy with it. It's Gunter. Yeah, Gunter's a pretty solid pick. Uh, I I think think he's he's going to. I will have some good odds on him. Um, I think I think he's going to drop the IC belt and go straight into the Rumble and win it and I'm pretty yes, convinced I, I think Cody and Gunther are going to close the Rumble too you know yeah I think, I think he loses right. the, I think he'll lose to Gable and a pissed off Gunther is going to storm mm-hmm. into the Rumble and yep. come in at like number 30 and just fucking break every Codeman fan's heart you know um, yep but Cody. that's so good for Cody's story. Like, he's going to win the Elimination Chamber, I reckon. Yeah, Cody's going to go, like, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, rematch, kind of, like, you know, like, when... Because mm-hmm. like, Charlie doesn't watch this. WWE now, I'm not no, sure no, no. how, how I know much exactly he goes. What you're talking about. Because I spoke to Ebo about this, like, a month ago, and this is the exact same comparison he made. Yeah, yeah it's just... Uh... I, like, I like that better than him just winning back-to-back rumbles as well. You know, like, it's, it, yeah, because I think Cody can really pull that off, you know. And so. you then have built-in history of Gunter and, and Gunter and Cody without having them ever actually work a singles match. By the time you get around to that singles, it's going to be like, whoa, this is the biggest match we have, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah, pretty awesome. Big Gunter. Oh, man, I hope 2024 is like... I'm going to 2023. 2023 has been a huge year for Gunter. Yeah. Um, but 2024, I think it's going to go to like an even another level, you know. Yeah. So, um, I'm very, I'm very excited for quite a few things in 2024. I think uh, 
I think it's very interesting and kind of exciting to see how all these media deals play out. Obviously, CM Punk is now in WWE, which is obviously very interesting. Um, you know, AEW are trying to do Wembley again. <laughs> God bless them. It feels like Gunther's going to get some sort of world title reign. Cody's going to complete the story, you would think, you know. I can't wait for Sheamus to be in the G1. Sheamus could be Sheamus could be in the G one or in AEW tag team with Cesaro again. Claudio. Um, I did love the bar. So we like spray in AEW full time. Mm-hmm. Um, to revolution. Mercedes Monet is gonna be back in some form or capacity. She's gonna be somewhere. She's gonna be somewhere. Um what else we got that's like on the Stone Cold Steve, I said. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Interesting. Kenny might enough. wrestle eventually. He might come. Kenny, back. Kenny will probably wrestle at least one match. <laughs> um, All of these things will pale in comparison to Tony pushing the Von Erics on Rampage after that movie comes out. That'll oh, be absolutely. the real. Luke Gallows is going to be back from his knee injury. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think Ministry of Darkness. I'm not even sure if that's out yet, but I think Luke Gallows. Uh, I think mean, I think he's dealing with an knee injury. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. knee. Yeah. Is that out? David yeah. Finley's going to be the US champion. That was shameless. Oh, that's okay, on that note, we just have to be closing the shop. Closing the shop for the night. You know. we're, clo- we're closed. Yeah. Uh, we had too many drinks. Get out of here. <laughs> You're ruining the fun, Charlie. Um, all right, let's, um, let's actually wrap it up you know, on a hilarious note. Because uh, we're approaching the three-hour oh, mark, yeah. and you know, this is we're just workhorses. You know, it's two forty a.m. here. It's two forty a.m. here for all of us on screen. You know, um, yeah, man. Please like the video, guys. Please do. You know, we're up till two forty a.m. until for your entertainment, reviewing professional wrestling, talking about AEW talents, Twitter antics, <laughs> talking about CM Punk, talking about. Rick Flair being creepy. Um, here we go. Half, two euros. Appreciate it. Zaslav called PG Punk one Bill Phil because Warner Brothers Discovery game raw. Yeah, I don't see Long-term it, storytelling. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, Incredible. They announce it and it's like Zaslav and Punk. Like. Okay, God bless everyone. Like the video, please. Subscribe if you haven't already. Massively appreciate all the super chats and just generally you guys tapping in, being active in the live chat. I've said it for a long, long, long time now. We have the best live chat out of any form of wrestling content, in my opinion. Some of you can get a bit freaky, but, you know, the rest of the, rest of the live chat usually sort you out. So, <laughs> uh, so Jizzle, appreciate you very much, 499. Great show, squad. Thank you very much. Appreciate your uh, constant support. You've been great. Um, but yeah, I appreciate all of you guys. You don't have to send super chats to get appreciation from us, but mm-hmm. we do appreciate them, and we do uh, we do like it when you send them. And it does uh, <laughs> send the super chats. <laughs> <laughs> Keep sending them, you know. But anyway, thanks for watching. Like and subscribe. We will be back. What day is it today? It's Thursday today, so tomorrow there may be some sort of watch along, and also me and Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Joe probably will be going live at like what one thirty PM Eastern, something yeah, somewhere, like that. Around somewhere around there, sometime in the early afternoon. Um, and it should be an interesting one because 
normally, you know, we go over the Observer newsletter and all that sort of stuff. And if Dave is to believe, to be believed, uh, he's got a lot of big AEW notes in this oh, week. Whatever, so, um, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, great, great, great. Make sure you guys are uh, suggesting things under the uh, end oh. of year pubs things. We well. didn't congratulate Lexi. Oh. Oh shit! Yeah, we supposed to open with that. <laughs> we had a whole segment planned. You know? Yeah, you know, we, we can. We got time to celebrate, fucking, and congratulate Sammy and Ty. Like you know, Alexa Bliss and uh, what's it? What's his name? Ryan Cabrera. Cabrera. Or Sounds right. Like yeah. he, he's some sort. He's some famous dude that she's married to. But yeah, Alexa Bliss is now a mother. God bless me and Joe. Big Please. fans of Alexa. Looking forward to seeing her come back in twenty twenty four as well. This sparked maybe your funniest text of all time, which was, I want to say it was Mother Alexa is now officially a mother, which is the funniest <laughs> thing you've ever texted me. And that covers some serious ground. Uh, so Beautiful note to end them, isn't it? Good for them. Good for them. Beautiful, oh, beautiful yeah. note to end them. So congratulations to Sammy, Tay, Ryan, and Alexa. Um, Merry Christmas to all. <laughs> 